think we're live. We're live on a Wednesday. We're live right now. What's going on, Coop? How you doing, sir? Wu-Tang. So Wu Wednesday, and, you know, we were going to do this show on a Friday. I think it's good, but Wu-Tang. <laughs> Wu-Tang is for the kids, man. Wu-Tang is for the kids. <laughs> Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang is for the children. That's what it is. For the children. That's yeah. what he said when he That's exactly what he said. Yo, uh, we were going to do this show on Friday, but it just made sense to do it on a Wednesday. We want to welcome everybody into the room. Um, you know, we'll do a little bit of, uh, of housekeeping, as we call it, before, you know, we get into the Wu Top yeah. 10. Um, you know, we want to well, get everybody into the room too, give everybody a chance to get in. But with this Wu Tang top 10, what we figured we were going to do, because we were covering top 10 hip hop groups of all time a couple of weeks back, and organically the conversation just came up like, yo, we should do a top 10 Wu Tang albums. And the way we're going to do this is, you know, we're going to include the group albums and we're going to include the solo albums. I have my list, Coop has his list. And, um, I mean, we're just now seeing each other's list, even though we, you know, we know each other. We talk about hip hop all the time. So I kind of figured where this was going to go. And I know you anticipated some disagreements as well. So <laughs> I, was, I was surprised that you had um, <clears throat> Iron Man. Ne- never mind. We're going to get to it. We got to clean house first. We're gonna OK, get to yeah. It. And, you know, I do want to put it out. And I guess I'll wait until we get to that conversation. But. Until we were about to go on, you start mentioning some Ghostface albums, and Ghostface is my favorite MC. And I just totally blanked out the Pretty Tony LP because I I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't I didn't consider it. Um, and it's actually my third favorite Ghostface album. It's my fifth favorite Ghostface album. I love so that. We disagree because yeah. Holla's on there, man, and and to me. Those type of records just let you know like how creative Ghost is, man. He just jumps on a Shy Lights record, the whole record, don't no no chopping or nothing, and just raps over it. Who does that? But what I will say, and I think that what I considered on my list, and you're gonna see that, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. I considered Wu Tang albums where a lot of the members had a lot of contributions in that on those albums so i think that was kind of where my mind was uh not to spoil anything but that's why i left nigga please off uh, i think nigga please is a dope album but it doesn't have any contributions from you know the group so maybe that's why you know i didn't consider it for this countdown specifically but First things first, man. I mean, we we had a, a great discussion yesterday, and we appreciate everybody's interaction and a lot of people engaging in the topics. Um, one of the big topics was uh, Cool G Rap and him not showing up to the verses. We didn't at the time that we did the live. We didn't have a lot of details. Um, saw in some of the comment sections that Kane went on live with Swiss and said that you know Cool G Rap had prior engagements, yada yada. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know, man. Some of the comments was like we was disrespecting G Rap or something like that. That wasn't even the case. Uh, go ahead, Coop. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> first of all, we're doing a podcast and we're giving opinions uh, when we're speaking about things as they're happening live, and when we're debating things. Most of those things are based on what our opinions are. Right now. Now, we did not have the information because neither one of us watched the live like where I guess Kane told Fat Joe that, you know, that G-Rap had prior engagements. Yeah, Fat Joe, not Swiss. My bad. No, no, no. You're all good. 
So, but, but I want people to understand too, like, like Mike in here giving us, and I said this a few times yesterday, this is my personal perspective and opinion on it based on the way that I'm viewing it. And we're going to get into the, that on the LL side, but nobody's disrespecting G-Rap Mike. And, and I believe that I said yesterday, I said that he's an MC and a lyricist of the highest order. I said mm-hmm. specifically that in terms of word play, word usage, and flipping of words, that there is nobody comparable to G-Rat. Definitely. And I, I did that, that yesterday. Yeah, and that was before we brought and, up Eminem and Pun, right? Right. And, and, and about that is the reason that I said that he probably... So let's say he did not have this engagement. Right. About the stature of who he is, I still feel like he wouldn't have showed up because in my mind, G-Rap deserves more than a verse on Kane and KRS-One's verses. And that's really the part that I was really, the thought that I was trying to emanate, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know what I'm saying, got that. And I think some people in the comments, I don't know if it was the title or if they, I don't even know if they really watched the video all the way through because, you know, people do that on YouTube too. But it wasn't one of those things where, we wanted to, uh, or was putting out there that somebody had a problem with somebody or anything right, like that. Right. Nobody has a problem with anybody. These guys are legends. We've seen them in many settings together. We've seen them touring together. I know I made the comment that, you know what I'm saying, that G-Rap wasn't touring on that, um, you know what I'm saying, on that uh, old school hip-hop tour that we went to. And, you know, obviously, you know, it could be a business thing, whatever. Maybe that gave an underlining theme that there's a problem ain't no problems or anything like that obviously you know what i'm saying but there is a competitive level when it comes to being an elite mc and being an mc and new york mc we see that mostly in new york it's comp- it's competition whether you're friends it's or not there was still competition with kane and krs krs was out there telling kane that he ran out of records you know yep. what i'm saying and they're friends so you know yeah. it's all in love of hip-hop and competition and sport man and 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 also too mike like not at not at any point during that versus did i expect g-rap to come out and not because there's any beef because of the stature of who g-rap is like he's not like he's not necessarily part of any group most of his stuff is like solo stuff and for who he is as an mc he's not the type of mc that you bring out for like a guest appearance on a versus like he's bigger than that and more important than that. To be honest, man, I didn't even see Master Ace and Craig G coming out to do the symphony. Honestly, the, that was the a, symphony was a surprise in general, yeah. truthfully, and a pleasant one. And maybe because I've seen Kane do this at shows, I just expected Kane to jump out and do his verse. Now you want to know what I've heard though, and here's maybe why he did the symphony. I've heard that um that the symphony is actually uh, Marley Marl took uh, <clears throat> it got a hold of one of Scott LaRock's beat tapes and and took one of the samples that Scott LaRock had and flipped it. Oh, and that wow. was the symphony. That was a story that I heard a long, long time ago, Mike, like when we were teenagers, that Marley Marl actually took that from Scott LaRock and looped it and flipped it into something. So that could be something even more deeper in terms of why Kane played that after the bridge is over. Right. Because I, because I was told that like uh, the symphony came actually from like a Scott LaRock scrap heap of beats, like on a tape that Marley got his hands on and he took the shit and freaked it harder. You know what? I, I've never even heard that story, but I think that's a dope story. Mike, I might have been like 15 or 16 when I heard that story. And that's the first thing I thought of when I actually saw him playing the symphony. I'm like, oh, that's inside stuff. That's like one of those stories like when um, 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 
What's this or it could be the other or, or Mike, you want to know it could be the other way around. If I'm a, it's been 25 years, Mike, you want to know it could <laughs> be that the, the bridge is over with scraps from one of Marley's beats, too. It could be the other way around. Like it's one of them. One of those beats is the scraps from another from the other dude's beats because it got something tied into the beef. You remember that story about L.E.S. and uh, Life's a Bitch and that sample? Yeah, they were supposed to use the. Um, it was supposed to be like the juicy fruit the rump sample. shaker or the juicy. Yeah, it was yeah, either rump shaker or juicy. Yeah, I think it was the rump shaker sample or whatnot. Rump and you know, sample, he left yeah. it at home, and they kind of had to go with what they had. You know, it was like they didn't have time to jump on the train and go all the way back and all that. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, your, yearning for the your room. love is a nice second place sample to pull from. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Graham just checked in the room. He said a guy on Star said that Scott LaRock, uh's killing wasn't as clear cut as it was made out to be. Now that's some other shit. We're here to talk about music. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that none of us expected Cool G Rap to go out there and spit like that anyway. It was just the way that KRS said what he said on stage. Um, and you know, it was like, yeah, I'm like, why was it said like that? And that was that was pretty much it. But yeah, we get it, man. People got prior engagements, um, and then business has to line up too when you're talking about something like a versus. And, no, like, man. but when KRS said it, Mike, he was like really laying claim to him being number one, so he said it in a competitive matter and format. He did, he did, and that's what it was like, you know. And anytime anybody jumps out on some competitive shit, it's like, oh. Like when Jake took the stage at Summer Jam, you know? So, Mike, so let's kind of transition because this is the era era of the lyricists, like in the battle, guys. Like, like they test each other and talk to and about each other like this. Like, like G-Rap was sitting somewhere like, yeah, I I heard KRS. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like competitively. Like, that's how these guys are because that's how, how they were brought up in this culture as MCs. And with that said... Like, can we talk about L now, too, since we're, like, cleaning? Yeah, I want to talk about L, because even in yeah. that um, even oh, in that um, um, announcement, or I guess we could say stanza that KRS put out there, L's name was left out. And I guess the question that I asked yesterday is, was twofold question. Like, who is the um, only versus out there, or who are the versus people left for LL? And why wasn't LL mentioned in that, you know, that G-Rap, KRS, Rakim, and Kane conversation? Because, you know, again, we could fool ourselves all we want. But when people put those Mount Rushmore's up and we've seen it, I've seen it, you know, working with According to Hip Hop the whole time. No one puts LL's face on those Mount Rushmore's. And I'm not saying that, that sh- that's right. I'm just asking why. And I think that really it's because lyrically people don't see LL where they see those guys. But that, okay, so when you but say LL's that. something different. But, but, and that's exact, I wasn't about to say different. I was about to say that doesn't mean that LL isn't great and lyrically great in his own right. Like, Mike, these guys, those five guys that, that I personally had ahead of him, because I had him six. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of who I would choose from my personal taste, in my opinion, from their music that I've heard, like, but Mike, like those five guys, like their top 15 lyrically all time, easy 
to me. And so it's not a slight to L. I keep saying like, no, I love L. I'm not saying that he's not great. And if you were to tell me that lyrically LL Cool J is even better than Slick Rick, like lyrically, I'd even give you that. So we could even put him in that fifth slot, let's say. But Mike, he's not better than G-Rap lyrically. He's not better than Kane or KRS rock, rock rock M lyrically. He doesn't awe you like that like they do. He doesn't. I've he never... has records. He has records where he awes you like that, but his focus, and here's where you're right about him being different. His focus isn't like theirs lyrically on the craft of MCing. They have whole songs dedicated to Mike Microphone Fiend. I'm still number one. Yeah. Raw. You know what I mean? Like, like those dudes have songs where they're literally talking about their skill level and how great they are with it. L doesn't necessarily do that. So I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying he hasn't done it to the level and with the focus and with the lyrical capability at those guys. His focuses have been different and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's what I was going to say. The focuses have been different when it comes to their approach of making records, making hit mm-hmm. songs, uh, making songs for the ladies. You know, Rakim didn't really care about making songs for the ladies like that. I mean, Mahogany's Mahogany, but that and wasn't that's it, his Mike, focus. Mike, Mahogany's the only record from his, like, first, first four albums, I believe, where he's even talking about a female. Right, right. I mean, again, we have to be honest. And again, I think that, I think LL is so different where, like, even if you match him up with, and I know it's two different eras and LL's accomplishments totally supersede this artist I'm about to mention, but if you talk about somebody like a DMX or Tupac, right, and where they were able to, you know, make people feel things, that wasn't, again, LL's focus. But when he started, that wasn't what rappers were really doing like that. I mean, I correlated it to the whole three-point line in, in, in basketball. Like, Michael Jordan didn't grow up with the three-point line being important. So he's not going to be the three-point shooter that Kobe Bryant was. You know what I'm saying? Because that wasn't a focus. And not saying that L couldn't have, you know, in a different era, been more focused on other things. But that's one of the things that happens when you come so early. We're going to talk about that, too, when we talk about this Wu-Tang Top 10, because I feel the same way about Takao. I think Takao's biggest, um, I guess, criticism is the fact that and all of the Wu-Tang efforts, it just came so early that they weren't as evolved as a collective than, you know, that, you know, as they were moving forward. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's one of the things with L, but his longevity is you can't match that. It's um, but I do also think if we're being per- perfectly honest, and I think you said something about this yesterday, as the game has extended. There are other people who have longevity as well, and we have to look at it in context because what Nas is doing right now is unprecedented. Um, so I know that LL came out in 85, and his longevity from 85 to, I would say, 2004 at that time is just unthinkable. Right. But since now, I mean, but at this point, <laughs> we've Different had people now. who've done some things that can yeah. correlate to that you know Nas dropping yeah. in 94 and dropping King's Disease 2 in 2021 is honestly it's past that it is what it is you know but you know it, it, we just have to put everything in context and there's no disrespect I mean as anything evolves and goes on records are meant to be broken as they say right right 
So he might be more like um like Bill Russell like in that regard. Like the league was different when he's played and still considered an all-time great, but maybe not as high up as he used to be uh because of the awareness about the era that he played in per se or where or where he came from. But here's a, another point that I wanted to make. <clears throat> Yesterday when I asked you lyrically where you would have Jay in this from this era, you said you would have him second. I didn't comment, but I went into our comments and I kind of agreed more with some of the comments that got made, which was I would probably have Jay like and this is what I mean about this is no disrespect to L. Well, Mike, in this era and you know how much I love Pac, Pac lyrically is not better than those five guys that I put ahead of L yesterday, in my opinion, either, because I was talking lyrically. Mike, I don't think that Jay lyrically is better than Rakim KRS-One or Cool G-Rap. So I would have him fourth. Okay. Actually, I disagree I would with probably, you, but I see I would, what you're saying. Biggie's the only one that Biggie and Nas are the only ones that I would even potentially have at two or one lyrically from this era, from the next era of great MCs. Because do you think? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind that. You think that lyrically, Big was ahead of uh, Jay? Not when, not when Jay first came out, but by the time whatever. By, so you think <clears throat> I told you, Jay? <clears throat> De- well, here, decreased lyrically. See, that's the thing. I always thought Jay was slightly better lyrically, but the shit that Big did on Life After Death is just like lyrically, like more inclined. And so, if you go listen to what Big's doing on Life After Death in '97, and what Jay's doing on In My Lifetime in '97, what do you think is better? Because after well, that, everything from Jay is dumbed music. down. Yeah. Clearly, Big made better music, and I guess I'm leaning more so on reasonable doubt because I think lyrically. Yeah, okay. I would put so if you want to talk doubt. lyrically, how about this, Mike? I've always people used to think that I was crazy when I said that lyrically, reasonable doubt's better than Ready to Die. I think so, uh, but yeah, I, I it agree is. with you. Like, I, <laughs> this is the thing because again, I don't want people to get shit twisted. I think that Ready to Die is probably the better album. They're very close. Ready Slightly. to Die is probably the better album Slightly. just because of the grit, right? And just where Slightly. it's coming from. Yes. But Big is clearly the better lyricist on Life After Death. Um, so Rakim do- Nas type lyrically great. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. And it's effortless so, too. You know, I mean, you can tell that, that Ready to Die was made in different time periods, right? Like you could tell that there was a, there was a lapse. You could tell the Uptown Records and you could tell the bad boy records. Ready to and Die Biggie's has voice. a classic feel that very few like rap albums have. Right, exactly. It has a feel. It's um, it a it's feel. different in that way. You feel where Big's coming from. But lyrically though, I see what you're saying. You're comparing the the Life After Death Big. This is the thing with Jay. See, that's the thing. Life After Death Big lyrically is is to me better than Jay on Reasonable Doubt and Volume 1. And if you go look at the stuff like the Get Money remix, the Victory off No Way Out, it's like it's hard for me to say in clear conscience because Jay dumbed it down a little bit after that point going into Volume 2 and there on. You know, because here's the thing, Mike, the Blueprint is a classic, but it's not like some lyrical masterpiece now, is it? You don't consider no, it to be not. a lyrical masterpiece? No, it's not. And I honestly feel like, and this is going to sound crazy, I feel like on the Blueprint 2, he actually was rhyming better than he was on the Blueprint 1. The Blueprint 1 just has so much, you know, better songs. 
Better uh, song. The Black Album, he's <laughs> out rapping both albums. I'm about to say, lyrically, his best albums to me are actually Reasonable Doubt, Volume 1, and then The Black Album. Somebody's lyrically asking speaking. a really good question in here. Uh, Big Knock from Chi-Town said, I have a question. Who's the better storyteller between Big and Slick Rick? Okay, so... <laughs> We're about to get off course real quick. I mean, so my, my, my favorite five storytellers, the five greatest storytellers to me are Nas, Big, Slick Rick, Scarface, and Ghostface. That's crazy. I have the same five, probably in different orders. I got Scarface number one in that. I got Ghostface number two in that. I got Nas number three in that. I got Big number four in that. And I got Slick Rick number five in that. So here's the thing that I'll say about Nas and why I have Nas number one. <clears throat> and Death Row East is more credence to it because it's another classic story. Nas literally has a classic album worth of classic stories. No, no, that's real. And you know what? Those top three can go in any order. Yeah. But those top, those, I, yeah. I, don't, I think I have Ghost and Scarface ahead of Nas just simply off of feeling. And how they're okay, able so to the, make the, you the, feel. The, now, Nas the is the most detailed storyteller of all of them. So I would agree with you on that. Like the, the stuff that Face gives you when he's tell, telling you a story and the feeling is different and Ghost is so animated and entertaining, it's going to hit you different. But that's what I'm speaking to. They haven't done as many of those. Like after you were to go through about five or six or seven joints, you're going to find yourself kind of like reaching and then Nas is going to keep on extending himself with, with his stories because he's got Blaze of 50 to pull out. He's got Rewind to pull out. You get what I'm saying? Now he's got, he got Death catalog. Row East to pull out. You well, get what I'm saying? He got catalog. the setup to pull out, Mike. He got a lot of stuff to pull out just story-wise from what he's done. Damian Frederick said, he said something I want to uh, get corrected. He said that uh, I disagree. I think lyrically, Reasonable Doubt was lyrically better than Ready to Die. That's what we said. Um, we said that. You said that. Yeah. We think that life, uh, after, life death. after Death is probably lyrically better than Reasonable Doubt. Just on a. I, but see, I don't know. I would have to think about that. I, I understand what you're saying on a versatility level, but it's, I think it's, Reasonable it's, it's, Doubt lyrically is Jay at his best. And I don't think that he fell off from that. I think he just consciously made an effort to change that. So I don't know if that makes him drop off as a top-notch lyricist either. You know what I'm saying? That's my only thing. I didn't say it wasn't top-notch. His I, drop off is like 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 him dumbing it down is still better lyrically than ninety percent of what you're gonna get. All right, so, so those people that you mentioned that you got ahead of Jay, let's take it album wise. Do they have an album that you would say is lyrically better than Reasonable Doubt? I think the only ones that I could say yes for is Rakim. Okay, so if you're basing it on that context, yes, but you're only basing it on one album, and that would be the problem. But he is the author of that album. No, yeah, but it's like, okay, so let's go to KRS right quick. Lyrically, he's got Criminal Minded, By Any Means Necessary, Return of the Boom Bap, KRS-One, The Blueprint. He's got five albums that are lyrically strong, like at a high level. Okay. Well, you yeah, know, let's put all this like, in context. Even when, you he, even when you hear Cool G rap, like in 95 on 456, the point is like to spit. Like It's a Shame is like a rapping course. Like like dudes can't rap like that, except for like him and Kane. I think Jay-Z's strongest albums lyrically, I'm going to say, are Reasonable Doubt, Interesting Enough, No Particular Order, Volume 1, um, 
I think the blueprint is lyrically strong in no particular order again. Um, the Black Album, The Blueprint 2, American Gangster. Some of those other records, he was kind of coasting. I think Volume 2, he's very skilled. Volume 2, really, if you want to talk about his skill set and how he approached it, is very life after death life. You know what I'm saying? Like, he understood that I might need to slow a couple things down. I might need to simplify a couple of things to make better records. You know what I mean? See, no, volume one was him trying to do that. Volume two yeah. was him executing it. That's better. what I'm saying. Volume one was him trying to, he was trying to find that what's beef and more that money, balance. more problems balance. Right, he was trying because, to find the balance. Yeah. Right. And and the hardcore no. stuff was just so much better than the, I no. know what girls like and all that. So, yeah. No, same, same thing with Nas on I Am. Like, you know, trying yeah. to balance Dr. Knockboot and, and uh, Dr. Knockboot and Nas is like, it's like, yeah. nah, fam, do Nas is like. <laughs> and see, again, I think that LL is such in a different category. Like, what would you say is LL's most lyrical album? Bad? Yes. Okay. And then after that, this is more about making songs. Because, I mean, even the doo-wop. You know, him telling a story and, you know what I'm saying, approaching it in that way, like one long verse or, um, 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 damn, I mentioned it last show. It's on bad as well. This is going to bother me. The, um, shit. It's right before I need love. It's been so long since I listened to bad, Mike, you're going to have to pull it up. Great album. Great album. And it's I a think great it's album. It's one of hip hop's first real, like true classic albums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the chat helped me out. Y'all know it's the breakthrough. I ain't even have to look it up. Oh, anyway, the breakthrough. breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got songs like the doo-wop, the breakthrough. And L didn't continue to do, you know, those things like on a high level. It was more about making songs. Like you said, it's more about approach. I think LL obviously has his space in hip hop's greats, but it's very hard to really place yep. L at this point as the game has continued to evolve, as people's careers have continued to extend, and people can say what they want, but when they're out there putting these Mount Rushmore's together, you're not putting L on there, and I don't know whose fault that is. I think LL's story just hasn't been told the way that it needs to, but when we break his career down, he does a lot of things that nobody has done but at the same time, he still gets underappreciated for it. And it's like, why? And where do, do you, you place think, L? So I have on, no idea. Hold on. Do you think L's a top 20 MC? He has to be. Then how is he underrated? I mean, isn't that... I think that think a lot be? of I, I think a lot of people feel like LL, the GOAT, um, should be considered top five or top ten. And I okay. think that anything other than that is seen as disrespectful. It's kind of like what when we had the um, Run DMC conversation. I remember that it used to be a time where if Run DMC is not top three, it's disrespectful. You know what I but mean? We're not in that. We're just not in that time anymore. We're not in that place in that space, and it's like we just have to stack L's catalog up honestly, because truthfully, where he suffers the most is catalog in reference to being uh, the greatest of all time. So let's say this. He has a better catalog than Slick Rick and G-Rap and Kane, correct? Yeah. Does he have a better catalog than KRS? See, that's why I wanted to see that versus, because a lot of people would say yes. A lot of people would say no. 
See, I no, know. I, listen, I no, feel Mike. you. The only like KRS's the, first two rap albums are classics. We don't even know if L has two classics. Cool. I feel you. I feel you, and that's why and a I lot want... of people feel Return of the Boom Back. Bap and the KRS One album are classics too, Mike. A lot of people feel like the Blueprint are, are, is a classic. Like like KRS got five potential classics floating around. Nobody talks about L's catalog that way. Listen, I'm not arguing with you. I'm with you. Nobody. Man. I'm nobody with you. Talks about L having that's five why potential I wanted, classic albums. That's why I wanted to see that on stage, and we missed that opportunity because that would have been. Something that I think that we could have actually had some sort of gauge of something from. We already knew KRS's catalog was just way longer than Kane's. You know what I'm saying? Like, we needed, if we were going to do somebody from the 80s, KRS and LL should have been the ones. Rockin' and Kane should have been the ones. Mike, KRS1 catalog is longer than Rockem's. It's just not better at the top end. Like KRS One's best songs aren't better than Rock M's best song. KRS One's overall catalog is stronger than Rock M's. Like if you want to go like a hundred songs deep. Well, speaking of verses, and I, I hate to cut it off here, but we like thirty minutes in. We got people coming in the room. We're gonna have to get to this Wu Tang countdown. But a lot of people are talking about the fact that you know everybody's been saying that Buster doesn't have anybody to go against. So. There's been this post that's been going around where people feel like Missy is the best um, the best matchup for Buster Rhymes. So the post says, the reason why y'all can't find the right person to battle Buster Rhymes is because you're looking at the wrong gender. Twister posted this, too. Um, you know, it's, a, it's been a meme going around, but Twister posted this. And Twister says, some of my fans have asked me uh, for a versus with Buster Rhymes. My time is coming, but for Busta, this would be the dopest I've seen. And then the brat comes in there and says, this would be ill. She got joints. She writes songs. Uh, uh, she writes song songs for majors. Whitney, Janet, Mariah, Aaliyah, et cetera, et cetera. Not to mention her collabos. Missy Elliott would take this one hands down. Uh, what do y'all think in the room? Do y'all think that... Buster Ron's best matchup is Missy Elliott. Um, do you think it's another good matchup for Buster out there? Like, what, what do you think about this, Coop? Or what do you think about the fact that the brat says that Missy would beat Buster Rhymes in a verse? I don't agree that she would beat Buster Rhymes, but I'm highly fascinated. I'm going to tell you why. Go ahead. Missy got haymakers. And people need to recognize, like, she has haymakers. She has records that she can throw on. Like, her and Timberland were magic together. You know, Mm -hmm. she has records that she can throw on that can legitimately compete with Buster's high energy, pace, hit record-making capability, innovation, creatively. And performance-wise, she can match him. Mm -hmm. And so... This is not an MC conversation, but she checks every other box to do this shit, Mike. Yes, she do. Mm-hmm. She checks every other box to do it except for all the MC level capability. Right. But as far as the songs or anything else you want, yeah, she got it. It I is don't think she win because of what I said, because of it's a versus. So that MC capability, like Buster's going to do some stuff, acapella probably like the Chris Brown shit and just display his emceeing skills. Right. Oh, but yeah, but it's fascinating. And she, and she, 
yeah, she is a worthy opponent. And anybody saying that she's not don't like they don't know they shit. I, you know, <clears throat> she, I think that both of them have similar, uh, I guess, issues when it comes to matching up with people because you want to talk about what female uh, in hip hop, you know, Missy can match what person in hip hop, period. Missy can match up with you kind of draw a blank. Um, this is what I will say. I guess this shows <sighs> this kind of shows doing, how hold on, people hold on, Mike, view Let, let me say something right quick. Go Missy ahead. doing a versus with another female almost isn't fair because of how much yeah. she's written for other female artists. There's so much stuff she could pull from to beat another female in a versus. That's why I like the Buster idea because yeah. what the brat's saying is true. Like it ain't just her catalog stacked up. It's all that stuff she did for other people. Like she even outside of that rock- though, like her catalog alone, I don't think there's a female in hip hop that has a catalog as long as hers. I think Nicki might because you know Nicki came up in the era where people made a whole lot of music and a whole lot of collaborations. But when you start talking about females in hip hop, that no, 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 not they're not. But I'm just saying like. Just to have a long catalog, because not a lot of females in hip hop on a mainstream level have more than three or four albums. That you know what I'm saying? That we're hitting like that. And I think you know you got Kim out there and you got Nicki out there. When you start talking about three or more albums that were in you know heavy rotation like that, um, listen, I think that for me, I think I, I'm a Busta Rhymes fan and I'm a I'm a huge Missy fan, Missy and Timberland. Mm-hmm. I love the combination of both. I think that me as a Busta Rhymes fan, I view Busta Rhymes differently than the mainstream audience does. And I think that's why, for me, I want to see... And I see people in the chat talking about Ludacris. I like that matchup. Um, you texted me about that. I like that matchup. And, you know, when Luda and Nelly did theirs, I don't think a lot of people saw it. That's when they had a lot of sound quality issues with verses. They didn't have the big stage. And I was sitting there like, wow, Luda has a lot of work and a lot of collaborations stylistically. As MCs, that makes sense. Um, I think there's a slight era difference, right? With Luda coming in in 2000 and some of Busta's 90s stuff being a little bit more raw. And see, I kind of view Busta Rhymes as the the woo-ha Busta Rhymes, the make sure everything remains raw Busta Rhymes. And I don't know if that's the accurate way to view them, but... That's kind of how I view him. So I like the ludicrous matchup, but I was talking to Ron yesterday, and he said, well, what about Method Man? And I was like, well, you know what? I think that's even better. I would like to see Buster Rhymes and Method Man, and the fact that Method Man and Buster come from the same era. They're MCs, MCs. Um, they're great performers, because Method Man is a very underrated performer. I know we talk about Method Man and Red Man's performance <clears throat> ability together, but as an individual, Method Man's pretty strong, too. Both of them separately are very strong performers, yes. Very strong performers separately. Um, and when you talk about the features that those guys did in that 90s era, there's nobody who's better, who's a better feature MC than Busta and Method Man in the 90s, period. So... I like the Method Man and Busta Rhymes matchup for me a little bit more than this. When you say feature artist, do you mean like on a hit making like mainstream level? I mean like when, well, I guess you could say that, but just on some street shit, like when Method Man was on uh, My Made Up with Tupac or when he was on The What with Biggie or when uh, Busta Rhymes and Method Man were on uh, Hit Em High from um, you know Space Jam or when Busta Rhymes and Method Man were on the Vibin' remix with Boyz II Men. 
You That's know what, what I mean? was thinking about the vibe like that. Darnell Lee says meth would get washed. I don't know, man. Method Man is a member of the Wu-Tang. When you got Wu-Tang records to fall back on, you have an edge. Period. Like, let's think about that. Even outside of Method Man's individual shit, he got Wu-Tang shit to fall back on. It's a whole problem. That's Mike. a Just, whole problem. So I don't think Method like, Man Mike, would get washed. I think Luda could possibly get washed. I don't like that for Luda because here's what I was actually about to ask you. I have a few thoughts. My first thought, if we want to go to Luda right quick, is is that is Luda's biggest hits, his biggest Buster's biggest hits, like in terms of how people are going to react to it. Yeah, and, and, and it's one of those things, too, where, and I felt like this watching the Luda and Nelly uh, versus a lot of their music, I say this respectfully, it's a little dated. Like, how about this? Like, when Buster plays, like, even an older hit, like, when he plays Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. Like, Listen, if he plays that and Method Man plays Bring the Pain, this ain't a wash. Exactly. And so I think I would give Buster the edge still. But yeah. I think it's viable. I had a couple of thoughts about a couple of verses. Maybe, you know, because we're not going to get the Nas and Jay verses. I was actually thinking about doing some tribute verses where you do a Biggie and Jay verses and you do a Nas and Pac verses. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Because we're not getting the Nas and Jay verses. So maybe you could do I a tribute a versus. Pac, yeah, I think a Nas and Pac versus is very interesting. I think that a Big and Jay versus, that's interesting too on a different level. Um, right. Jay yeah. may not want to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, because a lot the thing is, and I've always felt like this about Jay. I think Jay really worked to be the greatest. Uh, and I know we have uh spoken about this in previous episodes. I think that oh let me cut this off. This this um uh, alert is bothering me. <laughs> I think we spoke about this in previous episodes, right? The fact that Nas has probably passed Jay catalog wise just because of the work that he's done over the past five to ten years but Jay's blueprint to get to where you know he is in his prominence was through the lane that Biggie left wide open and I think that when you play those Biggie records and then you play a Jay record against it you're gonna hear that and it's it's great as Jay was able to fill in some of those spots that Biggie left open. Big still did it better. Um, and I say that respectfully. I mean, Jay did it the best he could. The, he was the best person for the job. But what Big did on One More Chance, man, I can't really see anybody doing that, to be honestly. I mean, to be honest. Could you? Mike, you got a few songs like that. No, I feel no, that I'm way just using that, that as an example. I feel that way about more money, more problems. Like, like, who can start off a verse on a hit record talking about B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, no info for the DEA, federal agents, mad because I'm flagrant. <laughs> like, who, who get, like, he crazy These with These are radio it. No. records. Like, you know. You it, ain't, it ain't the same. It no. ain't, and that, that was always my biggest contention with Jay is, is that, like, for me, he always filled a void in the lane that got left open, yeah. not so much as created a lane. Pac created a lane. Big created a lane. Nas created a lane. And I also want to retract one of my statements when I said Pac's got heavy enough records to contend 
with Rock M's catalog too, because Pox records are so heavy. Pox records are different. Um, so I want to get back real quick though. Um, what do you think about the possibility of Busta and Meth? And I know people will say that you know Meth the Man and Red Man did their verses, but that was more like a concert. That wasn't a verses at all, and it was incredible because I'm a huge a fan of both of them. That was a concert. That was a concert. So, yeah. what do you think about the possibility of Busta and Method Man? No, I like that because Meth got the Wu Tang shit to pull from, which we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got "I'll Be There for You." That's bigger than any rest records Busta's ever made. It's real. That's real. Yeah, I got "Bring the Pain," Mike, which I still think is one of the fifty best rap songs ever. <laughs> as much as I love Busta and put your hands on my eyes, can see I'm listening to "Bring the Pain" before that record. Now, I'm not going to say that in a versus that, you know, people would score Bring the Pain over it. But I will. Personally? I will. No, it's a better record. Bring the Pain's better than Put Your Hands Where My Eyes Can See. I'll say gonna, that live right now. We're going to get to Bring the Without Pain. Without hesitation. When we talk about Takao. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're going to talk about Takao. Yeah, we're going to talk. You know what? That's a good segue, man. Let's, yeah, um, yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, because we could talk about this versus stuff all day, man. All right, so Coop and I put together... A Wu-Tang Top 10. And for the people who are just now getting in the room, we wanted to do the Top 10 Wu-Tang albums, counting the Wu-Tang albums and the Wu-Tang solo albums. And I put together a list, and Coop put together a list. Um, Here's the list. My list, I got Only Built for Cuban Links at number one. I got Into the Wu-Tang at number two. Supreme Clientele at three. Liquid Swords at four, Wu-Tang Forever at five, Iron Man at six, Return to the 36 Chambers at seven, The W at eight, Only Built for Cuban Links two at nine, and The Pillage at ten. Coop came in and did Only Built for Cuban Links at number one. We got Into the Wu-Tang 36 at number two. We got the same top two. And then um, Liquid Swords at three, Supreme Clientele at four, Iron Man at five, Wu-Tang Forever at six, only built for Cuban Links at two. Return to the 36 Chambers, Dirty Version at eight. The W at nine, to Cal, and Nigga Please at 10, right? You got them tied? Yes, Okay, for well, I, I guess you know what? We could start there. We could start there at. You want to start in reverse? No, we could start there because I left to Cal off. And you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm sure a lot of people are like, you know, where's Method Man? He didn't have an album represented on my top 10. And I really really went back and listened to Zakal and Zakal 2000 trying to get Method Man a spot but I listened to The Pillage and Zakal and I would be lying to myself if I said I enjoyed Zakal more than I enjoyed Capadonna's The Pillage Um, I think as far as Zakal goes I love the intro I love Bring the Pain I think Bring the Pain is by far the apex of that album and nothing else on there really matched it. You're all that I need. Unfortunately, the version that is one of the greatest hip hop songs, rec- uh, hip hop records on there, is not on there. Uh, I love uh, what the blood clot. It's dope. Uh, Meth versus Chef was cool, but see again for me, Meth versus Chef revealed something. It revealed the fact that this is early on in the Wu Tang solo releases. And when you put a Meth versus Chef up there with the O'Donna or something, it's like these guys just got better. And unfortunately, Takao 
was a moment where it sounded like they were, you know, obviously it came out right after 36 Chambers, months after it. So they didn't have a lot of time. And I've heard Method Man speak about the fact he didn't have a lot of time recording this project. And it sounds like it. And it sounds like a lot of the other projects that I got on my list, they were able to take more time on. They were better MCs. They were better artists. And they're just better projects altogether. Um, so that's why I didn't have to cow on mine. Let me look at the list again. I want to, you know, kind of explain myself too. I mean, yeah, I couldn't put to cow over the pillage. I couldn't put to cow over only built for Cuban links too. And I couldn't put it over the W I I just couldn't. So I, I have a couple of comments about something that you spoke to understand when you're listening to the pillage. Oh, that's after Wu-Tang forever. It is. They've been out for almost four going on five years. The money's different. They're the, therefore, the production and the engineering is different, and the progression as MCs is different. But what I'm going to submit to you is that Takao is actually a better timepiece than we thought because Takao, more than any of the other albums, is gritty the way Enter the Wu-Tang is because of the time that it comes out. And there are records on here. And and, and I would also submit to you that Takao really suffers from the fact that these guys don't have money yet on the production and engineering side. And that's not at a fault to meth. Wu-Tang for, I mean, Enter the Wu-Tang comes out, what, December of 93, right? Uh, November of 93. November of 93? Okay, so Takao is coming out December of 94. So literally a year later, like Mike, nah, they were it still came out November fifteenth, ninety four. So literally, oh, November. A year. So literally yeah. a year later, Mike, they were still releasing singles from Enter the Wu Tang. Were still fucking playing. No, no, definitely. I don't think Method Man got he got set up for success, but he didn't get set up in the way no, that Dog got his, set his, up his, for his, his star personality and charisma. Yeah. Got him set up for success. He didn't get set up for success. And so you have to look at Takao really through a different lens. And Mike, these records on here are dope. Well, Takao, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. To put a little bit of that in context, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead. Let's look at Snoop Dogg, right? The Chronic right. came out December of 92. Doggy right. Style came out November of 93. Very similar situations here. Now, it's, it's different no, it's because not. there's a whole crew. No, it's not. Dr. More, Dre, Dr. Dr. Dre is a professional, like, seven, eight years in the game when That's the chronic true. is coming out. That's so true. the tutelage and the coaching and the organization and the structure is totally different because Dr. Dre is there and already knows the game in and out. I give you that. Now, go ahead with your other point. You're right. Yeah. But so I just want to put that That's out what there I'm just in case somebody these, brought that up. You know what I mean? These are dudes from the projects in Staten Island. Like, they just blew up. People have to understand. First of all, Protect Your Neck was the first single. Like, you know what I'm saying? They didn't right. start blowing up till Cream. When was like, Cream officially released? That's that's a good question. I Let feel like see. that was the summer. Let me see. I feel like that following was the summer year. of 94, yeah. Let me see. Yeah, I feel like that's the summer of 94 that we're hearing Cream. Maybe, maybe that spring. Let me see. Cream was officially released as a single. Actually, it was January 31st, 94. January 31st, 94? Yep. What's the order of the singles on Enter the Wu-Tang? It's fascinating because they did so many. Like, they did Shame on a Nigga. They did Chess Boxing. They did Wu-Tang Clan. Ain't nothing to fuck with. They did Cream. Well, it was Protect Your Neck first. Then it was Method right. Man second. Then it was Cream third. 
Then it was Can It Be uh, Also Simple Four. And let's see. Yeah, those are the four singles. Those are the official singles. So other yeah. stuff was just B-sided with videos. Right, right, right. Those are Their B-sides. B-sides made videos, by the way. Right. And so yeah, right. Can It Be Also Simple was uh, February 22nd. 94. The B side to that was Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. The B side to Cream was the mysterious chess boxing. Um, the B side we had that to, on vinyl. The B side to Method Man was there a B side to that? No, B side Method Man was the B side to protect your neck. I okay. thought that's why. Okay, and then they ended up releasing. Yeah, I think the original right. version of Method Man was the, the B side to you're protect. Right. Your yeah, neck. you're right. Yeah, the B side to uh, protecting that was Method Man. So yeah. Right. So they're running off of six songs in 94. Right. For one, as in they're touring, they're making their money. He's on the tour bus like he's talking about. But Mike, Takao's a great record. Biscuits is a dope record. Bring the Pain is an all-time great record. Mm-hmm. What the Blood Clot is a dope record. Mike, I love Meth vs. Chef. And I want to tell you why. It was the first time that you really heard live competition within a group. And then you hear the stories about how these niggas literally used to rap each other for beats. And that's what I mean about it being a great time piece. So let's so let's dock the time right quick. So Meth vs. Chef in 94 is them mm-hmm. fighting for beats. On the duel of the Iron Mike in 95, it's talking about the demise of them because of the heights that they rose to at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Part of stuff like that is an important time piece. It takes you back to a simpler time when these dudes literally used to fight each other on wax for beats. That's hip-hop. I feel you. I, and you're taking release it your, into a whole different arena. And you know release what? Your Delph, you being, Mike, no, there are dope records on here. Release Your Delph is a dope record. Mr. Sandman is a dope record. The Method Man remix is a dope record. And so this album is doper than we thought that it was. The real problem with Takao was the albums that came after it. Yeah. The Dirty Version, The Purple Tape, Liquid Swords, Iron Man. I agree with that. Wu-Tang Forever. That's some of the best rap shit you're going to find, period. Like, damn Wu-Tang Clan. Like, that's that's some of the best rap you're going to find. Well, with all that time piece stuff that you were saying, which is, you know, valid, why did you tie it with Nigga Please? Because Nigga Please is not a time piece. And, and I'm going to say why How I many did. albums? It actually is. How many albums did Old Dirty Bastard <clears throat> release? You're right. It's um, his time piece. It's it the old Dirty time Bastard piece. time piece. We only got two albums from him. And, and I like Nigga Please. I think the only reason why I left it off the list is because the lack of involvement from the other Wu-Tang members. And yeah. I'll say that same thing about the Pretty Tony LP because the Pretty Tony LP, and I think, you know, I said this at the beginning of the show, is actually my third favorite Ghostface album. And Ghostface is my favorite MC. And I didn't even consider this album probably because of the lack of Wu-Tang participation on that effort. So that's the reason why Nigga Please is not on my list. But why did you um, why did you uh, put Nigga Please into Cal as a tie? Go back to Because the they're, both, they're both great timepiece uh, albums for those artists for different reasons. It's technically Dirty's real last album. He only did two albums because of legal troubles, uh, lifestyle that, cho- that he chose to live, uh, and, th- and those things, we only got two albums from them. This album is strikingly brilliant. And you see you see all the good, bad, and the ugly on Nigga Please. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see his candor. You see his candidness. Like, you know, when he's talking about, you know, I get the cocaine that cleans out my sinuses. Like, you get the humor. Like, it's very Richard Pryor-like. 
in it terms is. of like even the album like, cover, which is one of my favorite album covers too. It's one of my favorite album covers, Mike. I mean, and how about this? Name another rap artist that can cover "Good Morning Heartache" Heartache by Billie Holiday, and cover "Cold Blooded" by Rick James on the same damn album. I'm with you on that. With 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 songs with other songs titled "I Want Pussy" and "Nigga Please" on it. You know, I. <laughs> What? <laughs> Listen, I got, Rock, I got the pillage at Rock, my 10. With it, Chris Rock talking shit on your intro. We're going to start at 10 because I have the pillage Mike, at 10. I'm not done yet. And production <laughs> by the Neptunes and RZA on there. That album's great. What I was going to say is the fact Nigga, that... Please. The, what I was going to say is the fact that you're making me rethink having the pillage at 10. The pillage is at 10 for me because I really feel like that was the last... Um, that was the last dirty sounding Wu Tang effort that we were getting. Mm-hmm. Like of that whole first round of the solo efforts, I think of that sound that we knew of from Liquid right. Swords and all that. The pillage is the last moment you get that, and for that reason, it is a timepiece. Um, but Mike, but what I was you're right. You is that ODB's not nigga, up to please. Par. But what I was gonna say is, nigga, please is like that new window, right? Because when Raekwon dropped his sophomore album, was that before? I feel like Nigga Please was after that. So that was before. Nigga Please is after. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Actually, actually, um, um, a mobile mobile and Nigga Please is actually around the same time because I was I remember being a freshman in college and having both of those projects. A mobile was disappointing, right? And uh, Nigga yeah. Please was probably the first. Successful brilliant. woo effort that wasn't like a woo effort, right? So I will give Old Dirty's nigga please a moment for that too. So I feel like Pillage was the close, where uh, nigga please was kind of like the open for that new door. Okay, so Mike, I agree with you. The Pillage is a close, but what I would tell you is that it's not in a good way. It's not as strong as any of the efforts before it, including Tikal, in my opinion. Nah, man. Slang Editorial, The Pillage, Run, you got uh, O'Donna, Milk This Cow. Uh-uh, man. Those aren't nah. better than the Method Man records that I yes. just listed because you're putting Method Man up against Capadonna. Kappa's not winning that. I'm sorry. I think the only... You're not, you're not putting Tikal and Bring the Pain up against those records. You're not putting I think Bring the Pain is the only one I'll give you. I'll give you Bring the Pain, but yeah, Release Your Delph. No, yes. Mike, Tikal, Release Your Delph, O'Donna's, O'Donna's better than Meth versus Chef. What the uh, Blood Clot? You don't like what the Blood Clot, Mike? You don't like what the Blood Clot? I do, but I don't like it better than Milk This Cow. I don't I like Milk This uh, Cow. Super Milk this Ninjas. Cow might be my favorite joint on Super there. Ninjas, like nah. Slang editorials better than Takao. I'll like I said, I'll give you Bring the Pain. Hold yeah, on, Slang Editorials, the one where he said I came to the fork in the road and went straight. Is that yeah. the one? <laughs> yeah. That video's incredible, <laughs> yeah, man. It's better. Yeah, nah. Yeah, and, it's and Black Boy was dope. So yeah, nah. I'm sorry. No, I, you, you got a good argument. It's it's a drop off to me though, and he's just not meth on the mic to me. It's not as entertaining. It's not as charismatic. It's not a good of a timepiece. I think I think that man, you um are giving Method Man credence because of who he is over Capadonna. I think Capadonna's pillage is a very because very he's dope a better album. MC than Capadonna, and Takao's a better MC. lyrical the, the slave the than album. the pillage. 
We're talking about the album. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Who's better? Who's better as an MC on on the album? Like Method Man on Takao or Capadonna on the Pillage? Because the only thing that I feel like you have with the Pillage is that the production and the organization and the structure of the clan is what shows on the Pillage. Capadonna the MC is not fucking with Meth on Takao. Did you not hear Run? Run Mike, Run better. and Slang Editorial, Mike, Run and Slang Editorial are his finest moments, and those aren't better than Meth's finest moments as an MC on Takao. Super Ninjas is crazy, like I said. I don't, I don't agree with you when you say <laughs> Super Ninjas is crazy. It's dope. It's not crazy. Uh, I don't know, man. I'll put it this way, and this was my telltale in the whole thing. I was listening to Takao, and then I put on The Pillars. Which album would I rather listen to? I'd rather listen to The Pillars. Because it sounds cleaner, Mike. They got better engineers. They got money. The production's better. It's cleaner. Uh, well, It's just cleaner. It is what Mike, it is. Mike, Mike, it, late registration better. sounds better than the college dropout, and I prefer it. But the people that tell me they prefer the college dropout, I understand why they're saying that. It don't sound as good. It's not as clean. It's not as crisp. But they're talking about the feel. They're talking about the vibe. They're talking about the MC. I get it. You know what I found when I was listening to all these albums that, you know, some of the ones that I haven't listened to in a while, I actually like more songs on Takao 2000 than I like on Takao. I just don't really like Takao like that. Like, and I love Takao 2000 is disorganized, Mike. Like, I went and listened to it yesterday. I listened to it some of the end of the day. It's too many skits. It's all over the place. The records are inherently dope. But what's the purpose? What's the message? Where he going? Like, Takao got a Wu-Tang feel to it, at least. It's on some Wu-Tang shit. No, it does, but again, that field got superseded by other efforts. And, and I, also, too, we need we need not not meth for mm-hmm. RZA not being the epic producer that he was about to become. Because Mike, Takal production wise, then return to the thirty six chambers, major step up. Of course. Mike, Mike, and again, I said those tape. things in Mike, the beginning. Mike, Mike, to the purple tape. <laughs> All time great step up. And then in the liquid swords, Iron Man, Pillage, Wu-Tang Forever, it's like, oh, well, this dude got it. We're saying the same things, Coop, but it sounds we like you're giving meth. We just feel different. You're giving meth a pass for things that just I'm not giving meth a pass. Meth, you love meth more than I do. I'm not giving meth a pass. To cows, dope. Yeah, I'm not even saying meth a pass. You're giving to I'd cow I'd rather hear Method Man go to cow, to cow, than hear like Super Ninjas. Yeah, you damn right. Are you damn right. You're giving to cow right. pass because of where the group was at the moment. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It is what Tupac it is. Tupac took a whole, he made a whole hook out of you it. You talk right? about bring the pain again. And again, I will I will concede to bring the pain. And you know what? Bring the pain actually is a reflection. The village isn't far off from Takao. I'm just saying it's not the same. It's not the same time. Bring the pain is a reflection of where this album could be, but it wasn't. And that's just what it is, man. When you got a song that's just that much better than everything else on there. No, no, no. You want to know what? The biggest problem with Takal is that Chef Raekwon's the only Wu-Tang member on the album. It needed some more Wu-Tang shit because every other album that we're about to name is heavy on that Wu-Tang shit. But again, I think Takal was that album that they put out there and was like, you know what? We need to do more of this and less of this. I'm it not was the, the test dummy. Account, Mike. I it, won't do it. It was I the test dummy. I won't do it. it. It was the test dummy, and I'm not going to sit. And it it was very important in the fact that it showed them what was working and what wasn't. And like you said, big step up from that to uh, Dirty's album. But you have big to step. sometimes 
mess up a little bit to see where you need to go. His mess up is comparable to the pillage and it's a better timepiece and the heights of that album are better. That's what I'm saying. You it's just don't flawed. like Capadonna, man. You just don't like Capadonna. I'm going like to go to 2000 real quick, right? Judgment Day 2000, Takao 2000, uh, Method Man's follow-up. I liked Dangerous Grounds. I thought was crazy. Sweet Love was dope. It's not crazy. Sweet. No, 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 crazy. no, 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 like, no. These are all Dan- dope records. Dangerous Rounds was crazy, man. Meth was snapping on Meth was snapping on Dangerous Grounds. Torture, he's snapping. Torture is crazy. Torture um, is crazy. I like Play Retro Godfather. Crazy. I like Retro Godfather. No, uh, Mike, Spazzola, no, not no, so much. No, no. Retro Godfather had that, you know what I'm saying, that retro 80s, early 80s hip-hop feel to it. That was cool. Party Crasher was dope. Um, Party Crasher's dope. Uh, I like Killing Fields. Big Dogs. Killing Fields dope. Big Dogs, Red Man. I don't um, love the beat. Breakups to Makeups. See, you don't like Eric Sermon's beats. Yeah, That's not true. It's just... Uh, Spence Overtone says, I'm cool on Relisha Death. I feel you, man. Like, I'm not a big Relisha Death fan like that. Nobody really asked either one of y'all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> see, we see who's partial here. And see, you know what? I want people to go back and listen to the pillage and listen to the cow to cow and tell me what y'all think. Because um, no, Manifesto Mike, says he's going to go back and listen to the pillage. Put the post up, Mike. Run yeah, the yeah, post. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a popularity Mike, contest Mike, Mike, at that Mike, point. Mike, I'm going to tell you something. So the, the last cat who did my tattoo is from up top. He actually grew up with Onyx. He's still tight with them. Mm-hmm. He lives up here on this side. The tattoo that I got on my chest, he did it. He actually put the pillage on while he was doing my ink. And he was like, I was like, yo, I was like, I don't feel the pillage. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, no, nah, nigga. He's like, you're going to listen to this. And so he got me to listen. I was like, yo, fam, I'm like, you're right. Like, I'm sleeping on the pillage. So I'm like, I'm giving the pillages due. And it's right outside my top 10. But I can't put it in. in, in I can't put it ahead of Takao because at the end of the day, Mike, I'm an MC guy. I like lyrics and MCs. Wait a minute. Don't do Kappa like no, no, that. No. Kappa stupid nice. Winter Kappa Wars. stupid nice. And you're right, Mike. Is Kappa Method Man on the mic? Is Kappa Method Man on the mic? I mean, it's different. What are you doing? What are you doing? Not you know what? what I'll tell you this. You I'll tell doing? you this. I'll tell you this. I prefer Kappa over Inspector Deck. Yes, unpopular opinion. I prefer Kappa over Inspector Deck. Yeah. Mike, Period. we're already not getting invited to the Rock Nation Period. brunch, but now I don't want to go with you at all. <laughs> I don't want to go with you at all. Like, if I go, it's going to be like, have you seen your boy Coop? No, no, no. He's over there talking to somebody Listen, else. I'm not going man. with you to the brunch if we do get invited. Kappa is is like ghosts, man. Like, I think the best combination... Kappa is not like ghosts. What he are is you like saying? Ghosts. I think the best combination in Wu is when Kappa, Ray, and Ghost get together. That's the purple tape doing that to you. That's the purple tape and Iron Man doing that to you. No, I like. And you might be right, but Mike. But you know what? I love when Kappa and Ghost get together. Do you know how many guys you could put next to Ray and Ghost, and they're gonna Kappa slide through with the Ghost, post up like paint on walls, drip two L's, bubble goose. Come on, man, ruffle aside the bubble goose. It's the odd couples. Holla point, swallow you you home, satin out. Since Mike, Mike, since you want to get technical, that's the weakest verse on there, and he comes (laughs) in a little off beat. It takes him about six bars before he even gets on beat. But since you want to get technical about this shit, they're killing me in the comments. Right 
You said what? So you could put a lot of dudes next to Ray and Ghost. Y'all killing me in the comments, man. Y'all acting like Winter Wars verse wasn't crazy, man. Come on. Winter Wars versus Mike. We about to talk about Iron Man. Like this is what and I'm saying. And I ain't saying that. Listen, I ain't saying the cap is better than Inspector. But if you ask me, who I'd rather listen to as an no, individual, Mike, 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 I'm Mike to this is and this is what and this is what I'm telling you. You'd rather listen to Kappa on Ray and Ghost albums. You ain't listening to Kappa over Inspector. I listened to the Pillage over um, what was it? Uh, in, what was uh, uncontrolled uh, substance? Mike, we're talking about outliers. Come on, it's ridiculous. Where you got uncontrolled? So you think uncontrolled substance is better than the pillage? I didn't say that. Okay. Well, there we go. I said Dex better than Kappa. Case and I'd rather close. listen to Deck than <laughs> Kappa. I'd rather go through my Wu Tang shit and listen to Deck than Kappa. Matter of fact, we about to get into it. Can we? Can well, we go okay. Next? Look, look. We've talked about Wu Tang forever. We're about to talk about Wu Tang forever. The MVP on Wu Tang forever could possibly be Deck. Deck and Ghost. Deck and Ghost are the co-MVPs. Little Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal action. I think Method Man's in the conversation too, but I think He's when in it third comes place, to bronze medal. He's when in third it comes place. to uh, Wu Tang efforts, I think we take him for granted. No, no, no. In terms of overall Wu Tang efforts, Method Man is the MVP actually. But I like on Enter the Wu Tang, he's the MVP actually. On Wu Tang Forever, he's right after Deck and Ghost in a close third in that. On the W and Iron Flag, he's he's the MVP on those two. Ghost is the co-MVP probably on the W a little bit too. Just because well, when he does get on there, it's crazy. Let's move on because we're on the W now. You got the W at 9. I'm not mad at that. I think I once have had the W at 9. I listened to the W uh, the other day. Well, not the other day, yesterday. And um, I love Hollow Bone. I love uh, Bang Bang. I love um, the the jump off. Man, the the W has some moments, and uh, and Ghostface was fresh off of Supreme Clientele. Method Man was on his shit. I'm cool with the W being at nine. Um, I got it at eight though. I got it ahead of uh, Only Built for Cuban Links too. You have Only Built for Cuban Links a lot higher. But let's talk about the W though. The W is their most underrated album of all the albums. I want to talk in about the, that. I agree. In, in, I was in, in the Wu Tang like Saga, that. this is the underrated album. Mike, this album some Wu Tang shit. You know Forget why I, this album is underrated though? Mike, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the whole build-up from the album, and you have to understand what was going on at the time, and even with us going back listening to some of these albums, it kind of took me back to the time when they came out. Because I think you talked about it earlier, the fact that they were coming out with such heat consecutively, consecutively, and the fact that Wu-Tang Forever was the last Wu-Tang album we had heard. And so, okay, boom, there's a standard there. And then Ghostface has dropped Supreme Clientele. Um... These guys are individually getting better. Method Man's already done the Hard Not Life tour. Um, you know, you got so much going. Raekwon was a heavy collaborator at the time. You know, he had been on the Kumanai. He had been on Tash's record. And so... He did a lot of stuff. Yeah, the pillage had happened. You had Killer Army stuff. You had the Killer Bees collaboration, the Sting. Sons of Man, Killer Priest, Grand All this Diggers. stuff was going on. So 
And then MTV did that Cribs where they all went out to that um, Los Angeles crib and they got back together for the first time in a long time and they were making the W. So the standard and the momentum was there. And I think when it came out, I know one of my first reactions to it was I was expecting more songs since we had nine members. Right? Because uh, at the no. time, ODB was locked up and Capadonna was kind of taking that place. And so 13 songs in that era, kind of, I was taking it back. Like, okay, if we're doing 13 songs, this shit's going to be perfect. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than I gave it credit for when it first came out. Mike, how would you rate this album? This is an easy four. It's an easy four. So, Mike, what I would uh, but back to in the you, day, I would have said three and a half, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what I would tell yeah. you is that Mike, it's an easy four and closer to four and a half than you think. Mike, no, you talk about no. Hollow Bones. This is what I mean about it being some Wu Tang shit. Careful, click, click, right before Hollow Bones. Chamber music. Chamber music. Mike <sighs> Red Bull. Like, listen, look at the guest appearances on here. Mike Red Bull with Red Man. Can yeah. I interest you in Red Bull with Red Man? Yeah, so you got Red Man, Method Man, and Inspector Deck closing out the record. The production was there, too. That production was, the was there, thing. Mike. Yeah. Mike, to me, the biggest problem with this album, actually, was that they tried to redo Protect Your Neck. I actually like the jump off, but I agree no, with what I like, you're No, I like the yeah. jump off. It's just not the original version. Of course, it never, but, nothing will be. Yeah, But they're there, Mike. Let My Niggas Live with Nas. I Can't Go to Sleep, Ghost Burst on there. With Do your same thing, make Meth's hook. Mike, I keep trying to tell you, Mike, didn't Gravel Pit get played at that RZA DJ premiere versus like I told you it was going to get played? I didn't like Gravel Pit, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, Mike, you know, the one Mike, blood. Mike, that's low-key one of Meth's best verses. Holocaust from the land of the lost. Behold the pale horse, of course. Follow me, Wu-Tang gotta be the best thing since since what? Since Dogs and Clocks, Wallabies, bzzz. Like no, that's some I think of the Man was shit. the MVP of this album. Uh, no, I told you he's the MVP of this album too, yeah. Mike. But and here's the beautiful thing about this album, and here's why it's sneaky great. Oh, it's only 13 songs like the first album. They're actually better when they're concise in this format. That's what they realized from everything that they went through. The W is them actually going back to basics of what they do as a group. No, I agree. Um, I think the see song, conditioner with old dirty bastard and I love dog. Song. Like we're never getting that again, Mike. I love that song. That's a moment. Yeah, I love that song, and it's, I love that song more now than I did back then. You know what I'm saying? Like me too. Because yeah. when it came out, you're like, uh, but when you listen to it now, it's like, damn, that's old dirty bastard and Snoop vibing Snoop, on a record together. That's Snoop in 2000. Like I. Everybody has like a, a era, right? Especially when you got guys who have longevity in the game. Like we were just talking about LL and his longevity. You know what era you're hearing an LL verse if you just hear like that blanket verse. Snoop Dogg has that time period from like, what was it, 99 to 2000 where he rapped a certain way and he never rapped that way again. Like the yeah. bitch please, Snoop. Yeah. That's the one no, you're, you're getting right. on here. He no, never right. rapped like that again. He got into like a little groove for about two yeah. or three years, Mike. You're right. Yeah, that crime like, 2001, the bitch right. please. Yeah, yep. like he never bitch rapped please, like that again. The last <laughs> meal. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. And he's on Mike, that. Yeah. One blood under Wu with Junior Week. I love Reed. that record. That, Mike, listen to what every record that I'm saying. You're like, I love that record. I love that record. That's because this album's great. I got it at number eight on mine. You got it at it's, nine. 
and, and, and nobody talked about it being great. And you want to know why, Mike? Because it wasn't as good as Enter the Wu-Tang. It wasn't good as Wu-Tang forever. It wasn't. It, it wasn't better than the Purple Tape. It wasn't. You had so much classic stuff from theirs to go off of by the time they dropped this record in 2000. So I want you to understand, in seven years, they had dropped so much classic stuff that some people actually thought this album wasn't good. Yeah, I That's think how that... strong they were. But That's let's look, let's look at it like this, though. Let's look at it like this, Coop, and to be honest, and I know time has you know been very kind to this album, but when you just see a track list and you're in Sam Goody or whatever in 2000 and you look on the back and you see Wu-Tang featuring Nas, what are your expectations of this record? And when you see Wu-Tang featuring Busta Rhymes, and we're talking about Busta Rhymes in 2000, who's rhyming... Peak. Yeah. Peak. You're like, oh, this is going to be a classic record right here. And when you hear those two songs, they're good songs, but they're underwhelming based on, you know, where you're at in that time period. You know what I'm saying? So and, this and so is I what think I'm that's saying, what though. The it, w it's not from. that those songs aren't great. The stuff that they had made up to that point yeah. was all time great. No, like the right. last time you heard Nas on some Wu-Tang shit, it was verbal intercourse. Exactly. That's not a fair comparison. It what kind of fair. comparison are you making? What's it ain't fair, wrong? but it is what it is, man. You know? Man, That's what happens when you get critical, man. When, when you have great... Nas was talking about dope fiends with elephant hands. I feel you, man, but if we're sitting only here... only nigga Sade dated? Like, no, he's on there. It's just not verbal intercourse. Verbal intercourse might be the best verse ever, Mike. It's not a you, fair man. comparison. Enter the Wu-Tang is obvious. It might be the most innovative rap album ever. The Purple Tape might be the best rap album ever. It's an unfair comparison when the, this album came out. So you really couldn't appreciate this work properly. Because if you're telling me in 2000 you have a track that has Nas, Raekwon, and Inspector Deck on it, I'm going to tell you it's going to be great. And yeah. that song's great. It's just not as great as the stuff that they did before. Because the stuff they did before was some of the best shit you ever heard. Coop is really passionate about this debate, y'all. So uh, I'm, I'm going to get some words. <laughs> I'm going to get some words in. We both love Wu-Tang, so we're we going to be, you know, going back and forth. Not it's not fair. Like, I love this album. It's like comparing, you know, the 96 Bulls team to maybe the 91 one, right? It's not like fair to, you know, compare anything to that 96 Bulls team. But when you have the same personnel and the same personnel is coming back together, Three years later, let's say the 98 team, you're going to hold them to similar standards. It's just natural. And it's unfair, but it's just natural. But speaking of which, and I want to go into this album because you had it very high. Um, I had it at nine. Only built for Cuban Links 2. I'm against sequels. How high, how high did I have it? I you had got it at seven. seven. Yeah. I think that's high for something that came out in the 2010s. Nearly, and we're talking. Look at when all all the other ones came out. Have you heard the album? Yeah, it's pretty dope. I got it at nine though. I think the Wu Tang House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, I love House of Flying Daggers. I love Ten Bricks. Broken Safety. Ten Bricks. Insane. Catalina. I give it a lot of points for the fact that it was able to follow up the album that got number one on my list. Uh, Doctor uh, Dre, Buster Rhymes, and Raekwon. And Jay Dilla, Jay Dilla, after his passing, Jay Dilla some of the thoughts most on there, Mike Masters of. Like, yeah, he like, dropped like, some it, of the most impressive shit on there. 
Right. It's got some of everything on there. Noodle. You know what I like? Like like in Ray's in his bag too. You want to know why I like it? It's because he's in his bag doing all types of different stuff like Pyrex visions. Like when he's just flowing in that low mumble with the gravel voice and stuff like he's doing stuff on there. I love the purple tape too. Yeah, I got it at seven. Well, you got it above uh, the return of 36 chambers. I think that's where I disagree. Um, okay, so I think that the records are put together better on the purple tape too than return to the 36 chambers. And that's the only separation to me. Because so, I feel like the high moments, the high moments on Return to the 36 Chambers are better, but not put together as well. Like, you're not going to tell me that. Yeah, he got two Dre beats on there and he smashed both of them. So you're giving that credence in that situation, but not Capadonna in the Takao situation. OK. No, 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 no. It's way better put together. <laughs> it's way better put together, Mike. You think it's way so? Better. I think yeah. That the 30, no, no, no. I like, 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 here's the thing. Here's what you're going to get with an old Dirty Bastard well. album, Mike. You're gonna get old dirty bastard ranting and raving a lot, so it's gonna be, it's gonna be a little disheveled. You know what I'm saying? It's brilliant though. Like the highs are high. Hippa what? to the hopper, raw hide, Brooklyn Zoo, baby, come on. Listen, Mike, I'm you gonna might tell have you a like point. you tell Mike, me. Mike, you want to know what? Mike, now that I'm listing yeah. those records out of my head, you might have a. Point. I was just I'm about to say, wrong. I'm gonna tell you like you told me with the Supreme clientele and into the 36. It ain't no Brooklyn Zoo on only built for Cuba Links too. You want to know what, Mike? I'm 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 gonna call it live. You're right. I might need to flip those. Yeah, it ain't no Brooklyn Zoo. It ain't no shimmy shimmy. It's not. Ain't no baby. Come on, hippa to the hopper, raw hide. <laughs> like those, those records alone are probably better than almost all the records on the Purple Tape too. I love that album though. Again, I'm partial to it. that record. I you know what? One of my favorite songs on there is uh, uh, Don't You Know. I like Snakes. Snakes is crazy too. Yeah. The protect your neck to um uh to the zoo. Those guys are spazzing on there. Jizza wrote a lot of that shit. Yeah, man. Incredible. Oh yeah, the song with Jizza damage is hard. <laughs> damage is hard. That's all Jizza. Cause again, man, we talk about Old Dirty's debut album. I ain't never heard nothing like it, man. And I haven't heard nothing like it since. I haven't heard anything like Brooklyn Zoo since Brooklyn Zoo came out, Mike. I told you it's yeah. still the best solo rap record to come out of that crew. Wow. Hmm. Brooklyn Zoo is the best rap record to come out of that crew as a solo. Like if we're just going song for song, I know like I'll be hmm. there for you as a bigger song. Bring the pain and incarcerated scar faces and all that I got as you are comparable. I'm but Brooklyn that. Zoo, yeah, Mike, Brooklyn Zoo is the best solo performance by a Wu-Tang artist on the mic. You can't fuck with Brooklyn Zoo. Can't nobody fuck with Brooklyn Zoo. Uh, listen, I'm He got I, you I'm on thinking. style alone, Mike, and he's actually rhyming. Like, he got you on style off rip, and he's rhyming. I'm Good not night. mad at that. Hold on, hold Good on. Let me, let me think about this, because I think some of the strongest solo records with nobody on them, because we're not going to count ice cream. That's kind of a posse cut, right? Um, I would say incarcerated Scarfaces in no particular order. Bring the pain, Brooklyn Zoo. I think Shimmy Shimmy's in that conversation too. Um, I mean, Mike, for me, it goes Brooklyn Zoo, Bring the Pain, Incarcerated Scarfaces, All That I Got Is You, and Shimmy Shimmy Ya. Raw Hide is crazy, man. Raw Hide is crazy, Mike. Like I heard once, that was a freestyle. Yeah, I heard that. You know, Method Man's verse on there is sick, man. Yeah. Coming through, what, coming soon to a theater near you would be the woo. Right? Isn't I even like shit? the stomp. Yeah. Like, this thing hits you. I like, like Ray verse on there, actually. 
this shit hits you straight up like it's like shimmy shimmy, then baby come on, then Brooklyn Zoo, then hipper to the hopper, then rawhide, then damage, then don't you know, then the stomp, and it's like damn. The stomp is the shit, Mike. The stomp. You're right, Mike. That's better than the purple tape too. I was wrong. I was gonna say this, man, and I, and you know me, I'm a ghost face guy. My biggest debate, and because I put I put Iron Man at six, and Return to Thirty Six at seven. My biggest thing was, man, I. I personally like Old Dirty's album better than I like Iron Man, but I think on paper it's hard for me to put it ahead of it. But if you Mike, ask, like, if you put both of those albums right there, and you tell me which one, I'm, which one should I listen to first, or which one I'm going to listen to first, I'm listening to Dirty's joint first. Mike, I totally don't agree. I have Iron Man up high. Actually, I yeah. was surprised because I knew we were about to have the Liquid Swords. Probably Supreme Clientele separation, but mm-hmm. I was surprised where you put Iron Man actually, because I have Iron Man higher than you, and and you're a bigger Ghost fan than I am, and not too many people can say that to me. One thing I will say about Iron Man, man, I feel like Rayquan was a better rapper at the time than Ghost was. He was. Give me two seconds, Mike. I got to go catch the door right quick. No, no, do your thing. What do y'all think in there, man? Do y'all think in the room that uh, Iron Man is better than Wu Tang forever? Because we about to really get into this part of it because this is the top five what is your favorite wu-tang album what is it what is your top five wu-tang albums like whose list do you agree with a little bit more than the other and get some of these comments too don ellie says that last comment uh be true about taking meth for granted i might fall in that uh people have been killing meth off of, I'm sorry, people have been killing me for my meth hate. Gotcha, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that we've been unfair to meth throughout his career, and he's been having to, he's been having to um, deal with the comparisons within his own group. And I think that Takao being first was a gift and a curse because everybody was waiting for Method Man as a solo MC because of the, because of the um, the Method Man song and how big it was, but. I think they rushed his project and everything that came after that. He's been having to live up to that unfairly. Uh, Jacob Six says Iron Man is better than Wu-Tang Forever. Well, that's what Coop got on his list. I think Wu-Tang Forever is just super, super lyrical. Uh, We're going to get into that comparison. One of the things with Wu-Tang Forever is the fact it's a double disc. And it suffered from the fact that some of those records that were on there might not have should have been on there. And, you know, we deal with that in double this period. But we did a show a couple of months back where we actually made Wu-Tang Forever one disc. Uh, we took the best, what was that, 14, 15 songs? And we made it like one it disc. 15. So, so uh, Jacob Six said Iron Man is better than Wu-Tang Forever. Um, I, I, have, I have Iron Man ahead of Wu-Tang Forever by one slot. I agree. Why do you think that Iron Man is better than Wu-Tang Forever? I'll make my case for Wu-Tang Forever. But go ahead. I want to hear yours. Okay, so the beats are better. That's the first thing that you need to realize. Iron Man is actually the most eclectic beat selection from RZA's catalog. It's actually RZA has already mastered the Wu-Tang thing and has learned how to incorporate, like, the soul samples, Mike. This is where the soul sampling stuff, like, really starts. Before they're sampling different stuff, this is where RZA's sampling game changes. And so the beat structure is more eclectic. It's more surprising. It's more off-kilter. 
but in more of a funky way than in a deep, dark, and eerie way. Like I told you, Iron Maiden, the start off the Iron Man, that's one of RZA's best beats. That's one of the best Wu-Tang tracks. That's where I want to hear Capadonna. Capadonna on Iron Man is amazing. Raekwon on Iron Man, amazing. Ghost on Iron Man, amazing. The Wu members, amazing. There's Wu-Tang shit on there. There's Ghostface shit on there. There's Purple Tape shit on there. It's a beautiful, beautiful project. You it's might have sold me. Because um, just how I sold you on the old Dirty thing, man. You might have sold me. No, you were me. right about oh. old Dirty. I started thinking about those first seven, eight songs, and I was like, yeah, the Purple Tape. I was like, no, I was wrong. <laughs> you know... My thing for Wu-Tang Forever, and I think what's blaring with Wu-Tang Forever for me, is the fact that all of them are at their best individually as MCs in that moment in 1997 as a yes. collective. Um, That's Method the problem. Man, as incredible as Method Man was on the first one, he got that much better, and he was there in 97 at the top of his abilities. No, um, that's the problem, Mike. That's yeah. what I'm telling you. The problem, actually, in 1997 with Wu-Tang Forever is these guys have become too great to fit in one room or one track to get the same effect and feeling of the first album. Because by 1997, all of these guys are top-notch great. Method Man, Raekwon, Ghostface, Inspector Deck, Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, had he really been there. All of these guys are not just like, they're not, Old they're Dirty not wasn't there? MCs. Huh? Old Dirty wasn't there? Not really. I mean, he's on Reunited and he's on dog shit and that's it. But when he's there, he's epic. No, I think he was more on, he was on Maria. I, I feel like he was You're right. A part he was the there album. a little yeah. bit, but that's what I'm he saying. So Mike, you got six, you got six, you got six A, AMCs. And you know what? I, I, I don't want to uh, go backwards. A. I don't want to go backwards, but that was one of the big things about the W for me. Old Dirty was missing and it was clear. And you know what I'm saying? Like, Old Dirty's kind of like one of those members. Not only is he a contributing member, but he's like the spirit of the group. And it felt like something big was missing. Just his big spirit was missing on the W. Like the antics, the entertainment, what yeah. you hear on dog shit, what you hear on shame on a nigga, what you hear on chess boxing. Yeah, that's missing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Wu-Tang Forever for me was a really, really strong effort because it was... It was the fact that all of these guys are at the apex of their skills. And I know we were talking about top groups of all time a couple episodes ago. And They're too skilled, Mike. There's no group skilled. in the history of hip-hop that you could sit there and say matches up with those 10 guys that were on Wu-Tang Forever in 97. And, no, and I think that's one of the biggest things for me and why I hold that album so high because you could be listening to some records that you normally don't listen to on there and be like, yo, this is an incredible verse. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so Mike. many dope verses in that album that are just tucked away because everybody in the group is so strong. Mike, you could go get your 10 greatest MCs and tell them they can pick two songs and then go get Wu-Tang, do a versus, and every member gets to pick two songs and it's a fair fight. That's how great they are. It's insane, man. And you know what? I know somebody said one time, like, if you put Wu-Tang, like, in the southern region, like, who's the top five MCs in the south or something? 
But you could do that for any borough of New York. Like you put these, like, big, you put if you put group, these dudes anywhere, they shaking everything up. Everything. You can put them in California. You can put them in Texas. You can put it them don't matter. in New Wait, York. You put them in Canada, Antarctica, France. No, it's insane. Because the again, for me, with in Tobago, with um, Wu Tang Forever, I'm thinking Triumph, right? I'm thinking Impossible. I'm thinking uh, Heaters. I'm thinking mm-hmm. uh, Bells of War. I'm thinking MGM. I'm thinking no, dog look, shit. I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's just not, so much. Hell's it's Wednesday. It's so much because they're so great and so big, and like there's not enough room for them in a room. They gotten to the point that they were all so great that their project sounds better when it's concise down to a solo artist album with contributions. Because the albums that came before... Wu-Tang Forever, in my opinion, just come off better, specifically the Purple Tape Liquid Swords Iron Man in that order. And we can say Return to the 36 Chambers to a degree, because I consider that album, I considered Wu-Tang Forever, the Purple Tape 2, and Return to the 36 Chambers to all be kind of comparable or in the same realm of how I had them rated. Wu-Tang Forever is just tough to judge all around. And I think that I probably gave it a little bit more props than, you know, some of the efforts because... They actually did it. You know what I'm saying? They actually were able to make this album in 97 when everybody was at the peak of their talents and they actually were able to come away with some very incredible records yeah, in that yeah, time sure. period. Because, like you said, that's difficult to do. Now, you want to talk about a degree of difficulty. Getting 10 MCs that have their own individual things going on and who have elevated their own individual skill sets to this point to come and together finances. And, finances. and finances to come together and make this album I got to give Raekwon some props too when it comes to um you know his his role in Wu-Tang Forever he always felt like the glue guy to me like he's everywhere he's you on know, like damn near every song when I heard a mobility I felt like maybe he gave too much of himself to Iron Man and to Wu-Tang Forever mm, I never thought of it like that but you might be right yeah, heaven's mm-hmm. sake, reunited, cash still rules, visions. No, it's there. Gets, I don't consider it. Can we talk gods. about Iron Man right quick? Let's talk about Iron Man. This is the most underrated classic in the catalog to me. It's strikingly great. There's not a bad song on here. It plays all the way through. It's not as good as the purple tape or liquid swords. The songs are not as great, but they're damn close, Mike. You got Iron, Iron Man, Man at fish, six. Uh, you got Iron Man, Man at five. Huh? You got Iron Man at five. I got Iron Man. Yeah, Iron six. Man at five. Mike, okay. I still, know, I still, if I'm not mistaken, I still know the order. It goes Iron Maiden, Wildflower, Faster Blade, Assassination Day. No, I'm sorry, two sixty, Assassination Day, uh, Poisonous Darts, Winter mm. Wars, Boxing Hand, Fish, Kame. Uh, Daytona 500. Yeah, yeah, Boxing Hand. Yeah. You know what, you want yeah, me Yeah, that Meth right? versus on Boxing this... Hand. Meth versus on Boxing Hand is crazy. His yeah. delivery on there is bananas. Is. You know what, you want me over, man. I, I'm putting Marvel, after the smoke yeah. is clear? Yeah. Yeah, I think you, you want me over, man. I'm putting Iron Man above Wu-Tang forever. It's uh, better, Mike. It's better. It's beginning to end strong. All right, well, this is the one every what you said we were going to have a debate about because our top two are the same. Liquid Swords to Supreme Clientele. I got Supreme Clientele at three. You got Liquid Swords at three. I got Liquid Swords at four. You got Supreme Clientele at four. 
Um, uh, so Mike, the, go ahead. I, I'll let you start off. Supreme clientele is Ghost's best lyrical performance and one of the best lyrical performances in hip hop history, isn't it? Yes, to me it is. I, I never heard. I haven't heard a lot of things like it. It's one of those rare zones. What if I told you that? I feel the same way about Liquid Swords, except the execution level is actually slightly better, and it's because of the Wu-Tang shit. I would think right. that's more of a style choice. No, I don't I don't know if it's a style choice. I think it's actually a song choice, because when you put these albums side by side, I find them to be strikingly comparable in terms of how great the songs are, except for one thing. The clan comes off better on Liquid Swords and Jizza is lyrically in a place on an album. And here's what I mean lyrically about Liquid Swords. That album lyrically from Jizza as an MC, only Nas or Rakim can probably write those rhymes, Mike. If that detailed on that level, it's that high a level of lyricism. It's probably the finest lyrical performance from an MC that I've heard lyrically on one project outside of Nas's first two albums and Rakim's first two albums. That's how high lyrically the Jizza is on Liquid Swords. And he got the bars to prove it. And and hmm. the Wu-Tang songs on there, Mike, like all the Wu-Tang songs on there would make their greatest hits. Duel of the Iron Mike, Fourth Chamber, Shadow Boxing, investigative reports mike those are enter the wu-tang level records if not better the purple tape came out before liquid swords right right before right like before. four months before even with that being said i will say this about liquid swords i think that based on what solo efforts came out before it this had to be more challenging because everything was in a it was a different energy right like Jizza's been a lot he's always been like the member of the woo that's a lot more cerebral and you know who it wasn't about like super hyped energy you're not gonna have like a you know an ice cream on there you're not gonna have like an incarcerated Scarfaces on there he's gonna sit back and you're gonna sit here and have to analyze what's going on and what's being said so on a production level, this was taken, this had to take RZA in a whole different chamber. And that's one of the things I really loved about um, the Wu-Tang solo efforts too, where it was like you had Method Man and, and Old Dirty in a similar chamber, right? Sonically. You had Ghost and Ray doing what they're doing sonically in a different chamber. Shit, RZA was doing something different, like, you know, with tragedy and things like that. And then Jizza was kind of sitting on this island alone, like you said, kind of like on some Rakim shit. And this came across super impressive in so the way that it was supposed to come across. So let me tell you what's beautiful about this album. You can see the respect that the rest of the clan has for Jizza Definitely. as a lyricist on this album. Because, Mike, the purple tape is the showcase Liquid Swords is the validity to what they did on the purple tape. Like, this is not a fluke. How yeah. these guys rhyme, what these guys do, it's at a high level. So here's what I'll, here's what I'll tell you, Mike. Dex's best guest verse on a Wu-Tang album is the verse on Guillotine from the purple tape. Yes. But Mike, his second best guest verse is on Duel of the Iron Mike. That's what I do like about those two albums. Everybody came with their A game. And honestly, Mike. arguably, Method Man's best feature 
comes. No, we about on to get to it. No, out. we about to run down all the clan members on there because on <laughs> Duel of the Iron Mike, Mike, you got old dirty bastard on a hook anywhere on any other Wu Tang solo album? No, no, that's real. That's Duel of the Iron Mike. Mike, Master Killer's best verse is Glaciers of Ice. Guess what his second best verse is, Mike? We on the same record. It's on Duel of the Iron Mike. They're still in that zone. It's at the, it's almost at the same high level that the Purple Tape is. I have the Purple Tape as the third greatest rap album ever. Liquid Swords isn't far behind. Mike, Ghostface Coming Out Party is on Fourth Chamber. It is. Shit, That's Ghostface, Ghostface Coming Out Party is on Fourth Chamber, Mike. RZA's Coming Out Party, RZA's Mike. Coming Out Party, Mike. Stop taking the words out of my mouth. Well, I was gonna say, I don't know, I don't know, because he did his no, thing. No, that's on the his Purple verse, Tape Mike. Too. That's his, that's RZA's best verse on a Wu Tang project. Yeah, the ending with the acronym Protons Electrons Always Cause Explosions. Like, yeah, I love that record, man. And you, Mike, right. we, the beat on Fourth Chamber crazy mike that's off <laughs> enter the wu-tang you could put fourth chamber on enter the wu-tang and not miss a step i wish it was on enter the wu-tang mike let's go ahead and go to it right quick mike shadow boxing mike yeah. shadow boxing is lyrically one of the best performances of all time period period verse yeah. after verse mess two verses and Jizz's verse. People forget Jizz's verse because Meth's so all-time great. Jizz's no, spazzed on there. I slayed MCs back in the rec room oh. era. My style broke motherfucking backs like him for terror. Most, Most rap, rap niggas, niggas came loud, loud but unheard. Once they fall out, round them off to the nearest third. Check these non-visual niggas with tapes in a portrait. Flood the seminar trying to orbit this corporate industry. But what them niggas can't see must break through like the woo unexpectedly. Uh. Protect your neck. My sword still remains imperial. Before I blast the mic, RZA scratch off the cereal. We rain all day from June to June. My niggas bite immediately, if not soon. Set the lynching and form the execution date as it's 2000 and beyond. Slank suffocate. Amplified sample from vacuum tubes. Compression cause RZA. They charge niggas 20 G's a session. My mind my start to clicking. Mike, Mike, that's right the third it. best verse on that song. <laughs> that's crazy. That's the third best verse on that song, Mike. That's that's rap verse of the year that, type shit. It is. It is. That's a quotable, straight up. Midget Mike, Mike said Method Man got a quotable on that. He did. Yeah, what was Mike, it? The, the first, first verse, verse or Mike, the second my verse? Whole, Mike, my whole grown up hashtag is you know my steez. It comes from that verse. You know my steez. Huh, huh, the huh. one Gangstar made a song yeah, out yeah, of? Yeah, burn it to the third degree. Sneaky ass, alley cat, top pedigree, the head toucher. Which verse was it that got the uh, quotable? Was it the last one? The first one? verse. The first okay. verse. No, the first verse is the one. Verse. I breaks it down to the bone gristle. Nobody had ever talked like that before, Mike. I breaks it down to the bone sinking. gristle. Ill-speaking scub missile. Heat sinking. Johnny, Johnny Blazing. Blazing. Nightmares Night like, like Wes Craven. Wes Craven. Niggas gunning. My third eye seen it coming seen before it, coming it happened. Before it happened. You, oh Mike, and that's God. where he switched his flow. You know about them fucking statin kids. They smashing everything, everything. huh? And in, in every shape, form, of fashion. Everybody talking about they blasting. Hmm. Is you busting still or is you flashing? Hmm. Talking out your, talking asshole. Out your asshole. You should have heard about the flow of PC Afro. The Calion style. Chinky eyes, snot nose. From my nuts to the bunion on my big toe. Keeps it moving. No just what the fuck I'm doing. Rapping Samiat, mean to catch a nigga snoozing. Slip the cardiac arrest me. Exorcist hip hop possess me. Crunch a nest. Mike, he's got four or five different styles on that one verse. It's Listen, crazy. Man, that, Nobody ever rapped like that. That is why Takao 
And Takao 2000 is underwhelming, unfortunately. I no, love it's that a year, movie. Mike. Mike, this is literally a year after Takao came out. He's much better, too. Oh, yeah. You hear, you hear him? Oh, Mike, yeah. the purple tape? Mike, the purple tape and Liquid Swords, and I wanted to talk about this briefly, and let's go here for Method Man, because Method Man is doing the back and forth and the ad-libs on living in the world today. The purple yeah. tape and Liquid Swords are not what they are without Method Man. Nah, man. Method Man is, again, I think he is a, he's, he's he's, an unsung he's, hero in the woo. I mean, it's he's obvious. He's the guest star MVP of both of those albums. Those yeah. are two of the greatest rap albums ever, and the guest star MVP on both of those albums is actually Meth. Even over Nas on the purple tape, because even though that verse is better, he gave us two hooks and a verse say, on the purple tape, the and it was hook. all epic. He gave us the ice cream hook. So, yeah. He gave us ice cream. Yeah. He, the Wu Gambino's hook, too, Mike, yeah, and yeah. the verse on Wu Gambino's to set it off. He the, set that whole song off. The Wu Gambino's verse is the truth, man. Wu Gambino's is one of the best Wu-Tang songs ever, Mike. That That's some that's some enter the Wu-Tang shit. Yeah, man. Let's do this Method Man and Busta Rhymes things. Niggas want to talk shit, man. This guy... He all these classic Wu efforts, and it's unfortunate that he wasn't the recipient, you know, personally for his solo catalog. But yeah, you're right. He's kind of the glue of all of these Wu Tang solo efforts. Mike, and Raw their High on Return to the Thirty Six Chambers. He's yeah. there. He's, I think he's there Old Dirty was the only one who didn't need him in that capacity because Old Dirty was flashy enough. But the rest of those guys needed. A little Mike, bit of Method Man on their project. No, like living in the world today is not the same with that back and forth with Meth on the hook. Well, what you know about him seeing? Yo, I know a lot. Well, can you tell me straight something, nigga? I'd rather not. You talking about stacks because, nigga, that's what I got. Cash rules abroad. And cash rules the spot. Yeah, well, like that shit a, important. I want to get back to this whole Supreme Clientele and Liquid Swords thing. I mean, because there's not a lot of selling. I'm not, I'm, I'm not done yet because this is <laughs> how great Liquid Swords is because we're not done with it. the Wu-Tang shit yet, Mike. Go for it. You God's best performance outside of Knuckleheads on the Purple Tape is, guess what? His hook on investigative reports on Liquid Swords. Mike, raying ghosts on investigative reports. Kill a priest on basic instructions before leaving Earth, Mike. And and, and that's not that to record. bring up and that's not to bring up the most unheralded part of this album, Mike, which is one of RZA's best beats and one of the best stories of all time, which is Killer Hills 10304, Mike. It's one of the best rap stories ever. Mike, when you talk about detail-oriented rap stories, only Nas can write that story outside of Jizza. That's how detail-oriented that is. And he talks about the game from the highest level. Like he broke that shit all the way down. He started from the street with the story and took you all the way to the top of the drug game with the story. So he actually like like literally wrote it, the climax, you and take you through the stages of the ladder. I listen, I love Liquid Swords and I want to be clear. I think Liquid Swords is one of the greatest hip hop albums ever made. Uh, top twenty easily to me. And that's without even thinking it might be higher than that. So Mike, and this Mike, you just took one of my thoughts away. Their top four albums are four of the twenty greatest rap albums ever to me. Because Supreme Clientele is a top twenty rap album to me too. I just have it slightly behind Liquid Swords. It would be like putting one at sixteen and putting one at nineteen. If you ask me, what's the best hip hop album of the two thousands? I think that I would say Supreme Clientele. Supreme Clientele I, I, came out. I don't know if I would argue with you, Mike. I, I mean, maybe Hit Richard Die Trying comes to mind. It's better than that. Supreme Clientele came out February. Song for song, it probably is, Mike. Because here's the thing that I noticed, too. Because I lined up Supreme Clientele and Liquid Swords. Because Liquid Swords is straight 13 tracks, no filler. Which is part of why I love it. No skits. Mm -hmm. But you take the skits out of uh, Supreme Clientele. It's 15 songs. And all 15 songs are 
stupid. But and I like all the skits 15. too. I think that was another thing. Like you know, during the time period, when people did a lot it. of skits. The only skit I didn't love was the Clyde Smith skit. You know, but I get that. I understand. I didn't. That. I didn't like the "Who Would You Fuck" skit. They could have skipped that. Uh, you know, I think it was going along with the theme. It was context to the child's play song. I get it. They could have framed yeah, it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was going along with that theme, and I love, I love that. So when child's play coming next, that was perfect. I love the Woodrow skit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I love it. You didn't like the Woodrow skit. I don't love the skits on Supreme Clientele. It's actually my biggest problem with it. When you line it up song for song, it's hard to find 15 better records than than what's on Supreme Clientele. Hmm. The Woodrow like there, there aren't too many there aren't too many albums with fifteen songs on them better than Supreme Clientele. I feel like uh, you know we're gonna get into the songs in a second and just the lyrical you know how amazing it's not lyrically better than Jizza though and that was my separating point though. Picture blood bass and elevator shafts. I, ooh, I don't know, man. Swear veterans, mark the lettering. Slow moving MCs is waiting for the editing. A liquid soluble that could burn down the chemistry. I'm sorry, a, li- a liquid soluble that made up the ministry, a gaseous element that burnt down your ministry, herbal vapors and biblical paper, smoking exodus. Yeah, he's no, he's somewhere know, else, man. Mike. No, you like, know, like, co- like, I-, I love ghosts. He's not fucking with jizz on liquid. Crash sports, through, break the glass, Tony with the Goldie mask. That's the past heavy ice. Mike. Goldie laying on the grass. Come on, man. No, Mike, the way labels, he be- Mike, Tommy ain't my motherfucking boy. When you fake moves on a nigga, you employ Mike. He put the whole label game together. No, like, I hear no, you. like, Mike, I hear it's you. not. But when he's you're not. talking about, when you're talking about like building, and I know you brought up Rock Kim's name. The only time I've ever heard anybody really building from lyric to lyric and you break things down is how Ghost is rapping on Supreme Clientele. No, Mike, just doing the same thing on 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 Liquid Swords. He's just doing it on a more lyrical level. Ghost right. is doing it on, it's it's like this. It's like you got a painter who paints in the classic way, and then you have a painter who paints in the abstract way. And Liquid Swords and Supreme Clientele is really about which stroke you prefer the brush. I mean, Ghost is clearly more abstract. Um, right, and Jizz is clearly more rooted in the fundamentals of hip-hop and MCing. Both hands crusty, chilling with my man Rusty, low down, blew off the burner, kind of dusty. The world can't touch Ghost, purple tape, Ray Coho. Come on, man. Like, it, it's so much in there. Like, Mike, restaurants <laughs> on a stakeout. Restaurants at the steakhouse, so order the food to take house. Chaos outside the spark steakhouse. Maintain the power. I feel the deal's gone sour. Nigga missed the wedding. Late a fucking half hour. And this man who bought land from Tony Starks while we is contracting bricks, laying jobs in city parks. He's a loan shark. Come yeah, on, man. I mean, no, I mean, I feel you, but go on. on. He's man. building. Isn't that building the rhyme? He's building, man, but Ghost took that thing to the next level, man. Like, you listen to things for uh, like we made it when he came through on we made I it. I love we made it. We made it might be my favorite record on Supreme Clientele. Yo, that's my, that's one of my top three records on Supreme Clientele. Mike, you want to know what? I hate to fight you like this, but I'm gonna bring up the singles on Liquid Swords versus Supreme Clientele because I figured you were gonna do this. So the singles on Supreme Clientele were Apollo Kids and Shay Shay La Ghost. Mm-hmm. I got Liquid Swords, Cold World, and Fourth Chamber of Shadow Boxing. No, I mean, Mike. Shesha Lagos is a bigger record than all of those. It's but. bigger. It's not better than any of those Jizzer records I just named, though, and you know it. It's not. And Apollo Kids isn't either. I like Apollo Kids. And, and it's Mike. interesting because I think, to me, 
Can and I talk about something right quick, Mike? I, think I don't love Apollo goes, kids like that. What's that? I don't love Apollo kids like I was, that. In I terms was just of, about to say, I think those are two of the weaker records on this album. I'm not going to say I don't love it like that, but you know. In relationship to the rest of the... I was actually thinking in relationship to the Ray and Ghost collaborations, this one has the least chemistry to me. I feel like they hadn't been recording together for no, a no, while I when I heard it. Um... Jordan jumped up like Clyde Drexler all up in the parrot. Nose numb, real as they come. Biggie's Versace. Snow White Rabbit. Hanson's like photographic magic. Funeral love. Moving when we hug. Don't make it a habit. Hit the gym for two weeks. My back all chiseled. Elbows unique now. Meet the new me. Who says that? You know, we just say, you know what? I'm going to work out, man. Mike. I Hit the gym for two weeks, my back all chiseled. Mike, Come I on, be man. swinging swords strictly based on keyboards. Unbalanced like elephants and ants on seesaws. I throw raps that attack like the Japs, like Pearl Harbor. MCs be out like bank robbers. I still no. got ghosts on. I'm sorry. No. And I love Jizza on Liquid Swords. I hate no, to fight Mike, you on this. Mike. That's why I'm pausing, man, because I hate Mike, to fight you Mike. on this. But I just said no. unbalanced like elephants and ants on seesaws. Ghosts don't have nothing like that on Supreme Clientele. I'm sorry. Oh, come on now. No, we don't. Not, <laughs> not lyrically precise and metaphorically precise at the same time while painting a picture. No, he don't. That's Jizza on Liquid Swords. Like, no, not the ghost. He's just not just on Liquid Swords. I don't know, man. I, I disagree with you on that. Um, oh, I, I don't think that's, that's, where, that's why we're going to argue. I don't think that's where the separation is. I think. Okay, separa- so, Mike, I want you to name a record off. I want you to name your five best records on Supreme Clientele because I knew you were going to do this. Man, they I'm change show you. all the time. Um, off the top, you can of go my seven head. best records if you want, Mike. You can we go can nine go, best we records can, if we you can want. Go it's there. not going to matter. It, uh, we can go more than that. We can go 10 best records. The 10 we can best, go, let's go 10 best records. Let's 10 do best it. records on uh, Supreme Clientele. No, no, no. And I want you to rate them in order how you have them. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to rate what you, you think were, the 10 You best were prepared records. for this debate. I wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wrote this down because I knew you were going to do this. So I came oh, prepared. Oh, God. See, you were prepared for this. Let me go ahead and go to the track Mike, list right now. Mike, Wu Banger 101 is weaker than all the Wu-Tang posse cuts I just named on Liquid Swords. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting you say that because I think that as strong as I think Supreme Clientele is, that wasn't as strong as Point, the Wu stuff. I think Supreme Clientele is different in the sense where a lot of those Wu-Tang albums that we have listed have strength in the fact that they had Wu involvement. This one actually had everybody in the clan on there but it didn't feel like it It and yeah and it was like it was strong because this individual kind of jumped out and showed you you're right the best guy in the crew i mean one and we made it are probably my favorite songs on supreme clientele that's some ghostface shit that's not some wu-tang shit i think ghost was the first wu-tang is it fair to say as a solo artist ghost might have been the first wu-tang member to actually have an individual identity outside of Wu-Tang, where it's like you can hear a track and be like, yeah, that's a Ghostface beat. No, so I want to speak to something, and because I know we're going to end up talking about but let's go to this right quick. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this now. No, 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 I'm going to wait. I'm writing this down my songs. To... Go ahead and talk what you got to talk. <laughs> no, this isn't necessarily true. Part of why the purple tape is so important, Mike, is because... And this is going to seem funny. Wu-Tang has street credibility, has rappers and MCs, not has necessarily street dudes. The purple tape changed that with Ray and Ghost. People don't understand. 
Enter the Wu-Tang doesn't have a lot of street or drug dealing rhetoric on it. It's almost non-existent outside of Can It Be All So Simple with Ray and Ghost. Mm-hmm. To Cal, none of that. Return to the 36 Chambers, none of that. The street talk doesn't start till Ghost and Ray on the purple tape. So he identified himself on the purple tape with Ray and Ghost. And, and I'm going to tell a story in a minute about like how big they were lyrically to people because... A lot of people immediately didn't take to the purple tape. It took a couple listens because it was so different even from what it came before. Because mm-hmm. to Cal and Return to the 36 Chambers sound like some Wu-Tang shit. It sounds like an extension of Enter the Wu-Tang. The purple tape doesn't does. sound like that. And neither purple does tape sounds like the growth and development of what happened on Enter the Wu-Tang, not an extension. And so the first take on the purple tape wasn't as epic as people thought. But yeah. Okay, well, I got my songs, man. Go ahead, go. Start at number one. It's got to be in order, right? I'm going yep, mighty healthy number one. What's what's mighty healthy number one? Yeah, give me. I got mighty healthy. Yep, fourth chamber, Mike. Say good night. Fourth chamber yep. better than mighty healthy? Yes, it is. You know it is. It's it's not as cut and dry as like the fact think. that Ghost is having this conversation against fourth chamber tells you how great mighty mm-hmm. healthy is, but it's not better. Keep going though. <laughs> we made it. That's great, Mike. Shadow boxing. I knew you were gonna do that. I have fourth chamber and shadow boxing waiting for you. Okay. You're, you're done with what your about, first two what records. What about one? That's the problem. I still got more. No, no, no. You have more. So for one, I would probably hit you with living in the world today. I got one on that. I would tell and those you those are that very totally different records, man. Everything Ghost does is different, so it's hard to compare shit to Ghost yeah. shit. But I would say living in the world today. No. no. I mean, I, I I would give that a tie, but I, I'll let the people decide that. But go. if you want to go in that lane and in that chamber, I no, would go with like Malcolm this? or something, you know? No, what, 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 for me, one is Ghost's best lyrical performance on Supreme Clientele as a solo artist. And for me, living in the world today is just his best solo performance. On Daring, Daring Jenny says, Jennings, excuse me, says Mighty Healthy is better. I agree with that. Yeah, Darren's only one person, and we won't My, be agreeing with yeah, Darren. Nobody, in, Mike, Mike, nobody really thinks Mighty Healthy's better than Fourth Chamber. Like, not not in the whole of the sum of things. Like, I can't believe that actually. My, fourth Chamber's tough, but I do believe one is better than Living in the World today. I, I I can give you one. I love one, but I still think Living in the World today is still comparable. Go ahead. Well, since you got those out the way, I'm going buck fifty. That's fine. You can go buck fifty, Mike, because Duel of the Iron Mike's better than buck fifty. No, it's not. It's yes, it not. is. It's lyrically and no, beat wise better. It's not. You no, got the old dirty bastard on your hook. No, come on, man. Okay, come on, man. No, no the way of the Iron Mike's better record. Off, the I got Red Man drugs, on the Plus joint. the young bucks bust, ducking handcuffs, nah, folks nah, get nah, cut nah. when dough rust. That one I'm not giving. down foes look shook but still pose. We move like real pros through the streets. We stroll bullet holes laced with windows and one six o's. So control the avenues. That's the dream. That's old. Nah, no, nah, dude. That's not. No, it. I'm sorry. No, that, that, that's Deck not and Jizzer are better lyrically than everybody. On Buck Fifty, including Ghost with his super califragilistic, no. all that shit that you keep talking that no. you think yeah. is better than what the, it is, Mike. The words you talk better be the words you walk. Body you in the bed. That's the best verse. Off. That's the best verse. Oh, but it's man. not better. Put your hand Red up. Man's verse, yeah. Red Man's verse on Buck Fifty is not better than Dex's verse on Duel of the Iron. Damian Frederick not. says, "I got Buck Fifty. I think most people got Buck Fifty. Man, let's just be real. How man. many people have really even know about Duel of the Iron Mike like that? I mean, it's a dope record, but it's a reason why people know about." buck 50 man 
Let the man came in that bitch, man. Who I'm is the phenom? Mike, because, it's, because it's one of the few because it's one of the few collab records on Supreme Clientele that actually like you know Wu Banger One on One and and uh and Buck Fifty are really the only like collab collab records on there. Everything else is guest appearances. Y'all done flipped y'all wigs, blacked out the clear dial in for my kid uh for my niggas and my badass kids. Freeze. I'll still Look take at that Mike, 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 Mike. I'm plotting Mike, on the mouse chuck about the snacks to tease. I heard y'all niggas about that. Psychotherapy, you bugging? Where the couch at? Woo to they bury me. Mike, Come you're not on, still man. going. You're not going to win this on the mm, back end anyway, no. Mike. Even if you're taking the front, go ahead, keep going. I got nutmeg. Nutmeg. Investigative reports next. I got investigative reports over nutmeg. I give you that. Ghostini. Cold world next. I got Ghostini on that. Ghostini's not better than Cold World, yeah, Mike. It no, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not, Mike. <laughs> Hold me down. Hand me my gate. Dusty Baker activate. Fuck your corny debates. I'm like cake or maybe like $10,000 rabbit. The kid poofed up, switched up his accent. Now I'm from Paris. Woo! Frozen elements of gold. Uh, from the most high causing me to break the mold. How the fuck was y'all niggas thinking? You think I fell off the ledge? The legendary ghost Dini might be dead? Never. Impossible. Pull out black burners like tonsils. Two galants hitting if we got to. Busting at y'all niggas daily. Ghostface this, Ghostface that, Ghostface crack now. It's just, it's Mike. No, it's it's just plain I'm and simple. So, it's not. It's not. I'm it not. I'm not going to concede Mike. to that one. Ghost Dini. I don't even believe you're songs saying songs that, Mike. Ghost Mike. Mike. Ghost Dini's not like that. That's one of the weaker tracks on Supreme Clientele. That's on the back end. Nah. That wouldn't be like Mike. There's 15 tracks on Supreme nah. Clientele. Ghost Dini's not in the top 10. I'm Gucci down, Wally boots, and make a hat long for a pound. Ask niggas how I get down. Don't speak much. Deluxe plus imagination. Hold a note like Willie Hutch. You might have run into me on the Rikers bus. Nah, what? what? Cold World's a better record than <laughs> Ghostini. I'm sorry, Mike. No, uh, no, you can uh, rhyme all the rhymes you want to. Cold World's is just a better record beginning to end uh, on every uh, level. Nah. He took the Stevie shit from Rocket Love and flipped it. Like, stop that. Hot like Come Jamaica on. came through in the Booger Green 68 pace of mad paper high as a fuck. What? Cold nah, World's man. better record from beginning to end. I don't even know why you bought up Ghostini. Like, no, Mike. No. That's the fan in you coming <laughs> Bernard out. Bernard Crane says, go, Mike. I agree with Mike. Now, um, a man says, um, Cold World. So, yeah, you know. I don't know, man. I'm going with Ghost Dini, man. No, it's not, Michael. <laughs> Wally Boots, you make a hat long for a get down. Come Mike, on, man. They tell a whole story on Cold World. Like, come I on, like Mike. Cold this... World. But Ghost Mike, is they got else. Mike, D'Angelo did the remix. Like, that song was great like that. What should I done Saturday night? I don't know, man. I, I ain't even Saturday put night's Saturday better night. than Ghostini to me. No, yeah. it's not. Ooh, no, it's not. No, it's not. Ghostini's one of the best songs on the whole album, man. He went no, it's crazy. Not, you overrated no, Ghostini, no, uh, in my opinion. I got like, Ghostini on the back end of the mm -hmm. album. I got it somewhere next to Apollo Kids and Shay Shay Legos. Nah. Uh -uh. Yeah. Are, man. No disrespect. You're not gonna, Mike. I can't wait. Mike, I can't project. wait till these comments come out and you lose. Rob connects to keep me world. correct. Hey, yo, I wrote this on Donnie Roof after his funeral on one knee. Let's go. Come no, on, let's, man. Let's, no. Let's backtrack right quick. So we got fourth chamber. You got fourth chamber over mighty healthy. Um, yeah. We got we made it, and you went what shadow boxing? Shadow boxing, yeah. So I'm so I'm up two zero right there. No, That's no, it, it's three three now. Cause and then I did one. I, I can give you one, Mike. I love one. And then I got buck fifty over, you know, dual. 
Mike, I might be bugging a little bit. You can have that. But That's Red Man and Meth. No, Red Man and Meth and Ghost at a high level on there. And Capadonna did his thing too. Mike, he offbeat, but it's okay. I love that Capa verse. All right, Nutmeg. Offbeat, Mike. <laughs> Nutmeg. Um, that got ate up by what was uh, by it? investigative investigative reports. Report. So I got. I love three. investigative reports. And then yeah, I got Ghost Dini over um, Cold World. So you got two, not three. No, nah, it's three three. Because I got next? I got uh, Buck Fifty Ghost Dini. No, 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 no. You're right. You got one. Buck Fifty. No, no, it's fine. What's next, Mike? Ghosting is fire. No, it's not. It's um, not like that. Uh, let's do Saturday night. That's fine, Mike. Labels. I like Saturday night more than labels, but Saturday I night's labels. not not better than labels, Mike. Go go to the chat, Mike. Saturday <laughs> night's not better than labels. That's what I'm telling you about these records. These records, when you actually start putting them next to each other, he don't got Jizza. Uh, Just, Jacob he, he, Six says, uh, "Coop, you bugging? You think you've been riding along all, all along? So cringe, rapping other people's bars. Everybody could do that." Um, I mean, Mike's been doing the same thing, but that's I'm okay. Doing this. <laughs> Bernard Crane <laughs> says, "Coop's wrong on Ghost. Uh, Ghost drank though. I don't know. Um, and we got somebody in here that says Wu banging one on one. Saturday night and labels, man. I'll give you labels. I mean." Labels is a better record than Saturday Night, okay. Mike. I think you know that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, let's just go Wu Banging number one. I mean, one on one since somebody mentioned it. No, that's fine. I kind of figured you were. I was going to lose that record. You can have gold off the Jizz's album, Mike. You can have gold. You can take Wu Banger one on one. That's a great record. You just pick. You. I'm just picking records. No, and then hold, you're hold on, picking. hold on. You want to know if I was picking in order, Mike? If you want to know what all jokes aside, Mike, <laughs> the next record I would pick would be Liquid Swords. So we can put Liquid Swords against Wu Banger one on one. I got somebody in here saying that uh, Saturday Night is better. And then somebody else, uh, a man says, uh, Mike, please stop. Labels is a classic. You're right. I, I put I put labels over Saturday night. That's real. It that's is, real. Mike. Like, that's pretty clear, Mike. No, that's clear. But it's also clear that, you know what I'm saying, what what was next? It was uh, Wu Banger 101. Did, did I take gold or what did I take? No, no, you can take Liquid Swords. You can take Liquid Swords off my plate. I'm going to keep it fair and, like, go in order of strength, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right, so Shay Shay Lagos. Killer Hills 10304. I don't know, man. Shay Shay Lagos is a, it's a record. It's a classic. What what beat is better? What rhyme is better? Because it's about beats and What's rhymes. What's the what, better what song? Quest I, thought beat, rhymes said, and life. I thought you just like, That's what I'm saying. Killer Hills 10304 is beats, rhymes, and life. You know what I'm saying? I thought you were saying better song. Yeah, Killer um, Hills 10304 is a better song than Shay Shayla Ghost, Mike. It is. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. On um, what level is Shay Shayla Ghost better? Is it better lyrically? No. Is no, the beat it's better? Not no. It's just so a, it's a bigger hit record. That doesn't necessarily yeah. make it better. That's like saying Big Papa's better than Everyday Struggle. No, it's not. It's not a better record. Mm, that's an mm. interesting comparison. Interesting um, comparison because that's kind of what we're doing again, when we're doing we that. We're had, taking a record. But no, let's we're keep taking it real. a record. If we had to rank a song though on an all-time songs list, we would have to put Big Papa over Everyday Struggle. 
Mike, but if we were ranking Biggie songs, we would rank Everyday Struggle higher than Big Papa. I don't know if we would. If we were know. ranking the strength of his songs, yeah, I would like to think so, because that's one of his strongest records. It is like, one and of it's one of the strongest song. records on Ready to Die. That's what I'm saying. Shay Shay Like Ghost is a dope record. It's a great classic single. It ain't fucking with Killer Hills 10304. What about Malcolm? I love Malcolm. I don't have anything for Malcolm. My next, I would actually go Swordsman. Swordsman would be my next one. Nah, we got that one. Yeah, you got Malcolm. Even though I love Swordsman, the lyrics on there are some of Jizz's best shit. That's one of his best performances solo on there, too. So it looks like it's 5-5. Five, five. And so... I, I told you it's comparable. As a like tiebreaker, I'm going to go... I'm going to put Stay True out there. You're going to go Stay True? Mm, I mean, I got a lot to choose from. So, you know. I know you're running low. Well, that's only because there's less songs to choose from. Like, like wait, wait, that's that's like you with the whole KRS thing talking about I'm decline. Like, 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 well, nigga, I only got 13 songs to choose from. You got 15, I mean, so you have I an could advantage. Go, I could go Apollo Kids. I could go The Grain. I could go, you know. Stay I'm surprised true. you didn't go The Grain. You didn't like The Grain. I love The Grain. I you, you were, I you were wise grain. for choosing Nutmeg over The Grain. Nutmeg is is brilliant. I love Nutmeg. That's a great record. But no, Mike, I'm gonna go. I got you back. What's that? I got your back? No, nah, yeah. I think I win that Because I'm not going to use the Killer Priest track. Because, you know what I'm saying? Basic instructions well, before leaving album. Earth. It's on I mean, Mike, album, Mike, so. if we're talking about strength of record, then I'm using Bible. Yeah, I'm using Bible. Record. Yeah, that's one yeah. of the strongest records on there, actually. So, um, SD21 says Supreme Clientele. SD21 says Supreme Clientele got extra points because Wu had fallen off a bit after forever. It's not as good as the first wave of solos. That's interesting. That's an interesting point because you did bring up the fact that Liquid Swords was coming in that only built for Cuban Links rhythm, and um, you know, and, and that's a fair point. And the fact that Ghost was kind of fighting against a lot of different elements, and the fact that the group was in a different place, I think Ghost had been locked up for a second or whatever too. Yeah, um, Ghost had been locked up and was having health issues. Yeah, uh, so to come out and make that after. Having to follow up Iron Man too because everybody else in the clan at that point hadn't really successfully followed up their you know first round of Wu Tang solo efforts. Um, so it's a lot of elements in there, and to kind of put the clan on his back in the time that he did it, I will give Supreme Clientele a lot of points for that. So, but Liquid Swords deserves the same kind of points just for a different reason because I think people forget Liquid Swords is the album where everybody realized, no, this is the best rap crew ever. What I Supreme agree. Clientele was solidify and remind what Liquid Swords validated. Everything after Liquid Swords was icing on the cake because it went into the Wu-Tang to Cal, Return, Cuban Links, and then Liquid Swords. When Liquid Swords dropped, it was like, no, there's nobody messing with these guys like in the history of rap. Supreme Clientele is the reminder of what Liquid Swords provided. Because, Mike, there's nothing like that run of Return to the 36 Chambers, to the Purple Tape, to Liquid Swords. Iron Man was like some classic icing on the cake type of shit where it's like, well, we yeah. knew could nobody fuck with him. And here's a further reminder. No, no. So, Ghost, so Ghost is actually his two real classic albums are the reminder pieces. But Liquid Swords was a statement because and that's what I mean. The Wu-Tang shit on there. It was like it was a carryover from the purple tape. But it wasn't on some street shit. It got back to their roots on some rap shit. It's like, no, these dudes can jump in any element and survive it. 
And you know, you know what? Like I they will can jump in credit. Raid and Ghost Chamber, which is the streets, and it's going to be epic. They can jump in that super lyrical, old school rock M Nas style type chamber and Liquid Swords. Oh, and they're going to do that too. And so that was what made it a moment too. I'll give you credit, man. Like, usually the debate is Liquid Swords are only built for Cuban Link. So um, I would say a vast majority of people would have Liquid Swords over Supreme Clientele. I myself, maybe I'm biased in that sense, but that was when Ghost kind of became that's as when an Ghost individual becomes... on, on my radar personally. Uh, with Solo icon Ghost is created on Supreme Clientele. Definitely. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Because the way Ghost rapping on Iron Man, oh, the, the dude that you hear on Supreme Clientele, that's not the same guy. Like mm -hmm. he's 10 times better, which is saying a lot because he's pretty damn great on Iron Man. But he's 10 times better on clientele. Liquid Swords is just a moment. And I think it's one of the finest moments in hip-hop that kind of goes understated because of the purple tape. Uh, it said in here in the chat, I think it's uh, Manan, I hate to uh, mispronounce your name. Jizza and Deck are the best lyrically in the woo. Um, yes. Yes. You agree with that? Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Derek Jennings speaking, says, yes. he says, uh, Pretty Tony was dope. It was, man. I, I really love the Pretty Tony LP. But again, I think I left it off of this list because of the lack of involvement of Wu-Tang. Um, Chandler says Iron Man was the second part of Only Built for Cuban Links, as if no. it was a double disc. No, it's totally different. It's a whole different chamber. Outside, I mean, like if you listen to to, uh, to Iron Man and listen to Purple Tape, the only time they're really on their Purple Tape shit is actually on 260. 260 is a Purple Tape shit. Like, we, they on their crime shit. But, like, the rest of that shit is just different. They, they getting real fly with it. Like, like they're trying to show you how colorful and dazzling they are with the rhyme displays on Iron Man, Iron Man and they're doing it well. You know so what? I want to like, ask no, you this. Yeah. Not to interrupt, man. I want to ask you, why do you have the 36 chambers uh, into the Wu-Tang above Liquid Swords? I mean, you spoke highly of Liquid Swords. Hmm. Mike, you can't. You can't do nothing with the Haymakers on Enter the Wu-Tang. I think the only other album that has the gravity of songs that just hit you on the level that they hit you, Mike. Like, I mean, we kind of we kind of spoke why Enter the Wu-Tang is better, Mike. Their B-sides became classic singles. The B-sides are classic yeah. singles, Mike. Like, chess boxing, your B-side. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with is a B-side. Method Man mm -hmm. is a B-side. So B side, so we, so that means there's an A side, which means you got six classic records on your album already, apparently, because those are your three B sides that got released, right? Yes. Um, here's the so you got list. Cream, Can It All Be So Simple and Protect Your Neck. Those are six classic rap songs, Mike. Those are six of the greatest hundred rap songs ever. Well, on the, one the, album, the album starts off with Bring the Ruckus, Bring the Ruckus, Shame on a Nigga, Clan in the Front, uh, Wu Tang Seventh Chamber. Can it all be so simple? Uh, the mystery of chess boxing. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Cream, Method Man, Protect Your Neck, Tears, um, Seventh Chamber Part Two, and the conclusion. So yeah, it's um, it's a tour de force of an album, Mike. It's one we've of never the best seen rap anything like ever. it at that point. Um, mm -hmm. We've never seen it, anything like it at that point with this many guys who call themselves one group being this strong individually coming together to put together such strong material on one effort. Mike, part of the reason why Method Man and Old Dirty Bastard became stars in the crew so early 
is because you could identify Method Man because of the song Method Man and because of how old old Dirty Bastard rap. Because you spent the first three months that you were listening to the album trying to figure out who the fuck everybody was. Yeah. You had never even been, you had never as a hip hop listener, you had never even been charged with the task of trying to figure out who everybody was. Yeah, and nobody was on the cover. So it wasn't like nobody you could was kinda, on the cover. They yeah. ain't ski masks. Yeah. So it wasn't like and, and just the mystery of it all and how hardcore right. it was and just the everything that it ushered in. I know we talk about Griselda a lot and the fact that um, you know, Mob Deep's the infamous was kind of like the precursor of a lot of things they're doing. But into the 36, that ushered in a whole new era. Mike, so people yeah. always feel like Nas and Big bought the East Coast back. And no, they didn't. No. Wu-Tang bought the East Coast back with yeah. Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. They the ones that bought the East Coast back. Because they bought the focus yeah. back to rhymes and skills with that album because you had never heard a collective of MCs so entertaining, so skillful, so intelligent, so articulate. It was so it was like pulling something out of the bag with every song. Mike, like you bring up Seventh Chamber when you said that's like, yeah, that's the weakest song on that album. That's saying a lot. It's crazy, man. And you know, kind of like what we were saying with Bone Thugs, too. Like they stuck to their guns and they had some of the biggest singles for it. Cream is not something that you would say, yo, this is going to be a real big hit. None I of mean, those sonically, songs you don't that. hear that song and be like, yeah, this is going to be a classic. But it was. But, but here's the thing about it. And that's the thing, even with all those songs, when you first heard them, like this album came out around the time I was moving to Charlotte from Atlanta. And like, I remember it well because my cousins were playing it everywhere when I moved up there. But it was one of those records that every song on there felt great, but you didn't know how great it was because of how new and innovative they were. That's what I mean. It might be the most innovative rap album ever. You didn't even know how to properly contextualize what they were doing on that first rap album, rapping together like that. It had never really been done. You know, like the, Mike, the, the, the symphony was such a moment because it was like, oh, you got four MCs on one track together, self destruction, all that other stuff. They attend, they they essentially took that format <laughs> and, made a and whole ran album. with it. Yeah, uh, and you know the fact that RZA did everything on this album, it's like a moment that we won't get back. I mean, that's it, never gonna happen again. Right. Hey, Mike, we gotta wrap this up. I gotta go. No, no, that's cool. We yeah, we are running kind of long. All right, so our number one is going to be Only Built for Cuban Link. So we both agree on pretty, that. I want to hear your perspective on why that's number one. I mean, Mike, I think it's the third best rap album ever. I mean, lyrically, yeah. beat-wise, concept-wise, guest appearance-wise, there's no flaws or cracks with this album. Yeah, It's one of the few albums that I feel like is a end-to-end player with no flaws and the only two albums I have above it are the only two albums that I feel like are end-to-end players that feel more flawless, which is Illmatic and Equimini. I have the purple tape as a hip-hop classic of the highest order. Uh, Mike, I, think, I have it I have it above Paid in Full and Doggy Style uh, and to, Reasonable Doubt. To piggyback off of that, I think everybody's yeah. features on there were top-notch. I think that they brought everybody. the best out of everybody on that record. Met the Man got on there. Whether it were a hook, whether it were a verse, he went in. Same thing with RZA, and obviously RZA's production. Uh, obviously Nas's uh, appearance on um, 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 shit, um, 
Verbal intercourse. Verbal intercourse. I was sitting there thinking lyrical intercourse. Uh, verbal intercourse and uh, Master Killer's appearance. On Glaciers of Ice. Glaciers of Ice. Is Capadonna epic. on Ice Water. Capadonna on Ice Water. Deck and Jizza um, on Guillotine. Yeah, man. Deck and Jizza on Guillotine is crazy. I think Guillotine is one of those songs where it's like, you don't know who has the best verse. Mike, actually, can I say something right quick? Uh-huh. That's the Wu-Tang Posse cut. Of all the posse cuts, that's yeah. the posse cut because it's the one, even after all these years, we're still arguing about who has the best verse on there. I mean, Poisonous Paragraph, Smash the Phonograph, and Half, that is a great right. start. But the Jizza, the, the nigga Jizzas. don't get mad. I got mad styles of my own, and it's shown when my hands grip the chrome microphone. I like Jizza's verse the best, actually, personally. Mike, in, in high school, I had a lot of cats tell me because I thought Dex's verse was the best. A lot of the older Gs used to be like, nah, Jizza actually got him on that. And that ain't even counting Ray and Ghost verse, which is crazy. They yeah. they playing co-stars on the song on their album. And then we're talking about incarcerated Scarfaces. Then you got Ice Cream in this mix. I'm about to say, uh, Mike, and that's so not the counting the MVP because Method Man is the co-star MVP of this album. Yeah. So the Ice Cream, Wu Gambinos, his verse on Wu Gambinos, this album. That that was the over-the-top moment because let's go in order of the album. Mm-hmm. Ice Cream is track 15. Yeah. Wu Gambino's is track 16. When meth pops up at the end of the album, at the end, Mike, after you will know that it's already a classic and he does that, it's like over the top. It's like this is some of the best shit I ever heard. Yeah. He's the over the top moment on the purple tape. When he comes in on ice cream, when you hear it for the first time, not the video, because that's the third single, Mike. But when you hear ice cream for the first time and then you go into Wu Gambino's, you like, man, good night. Okay, so we got that as number one. You know what? I'm uh before we get up out of here, I want to actually go in and I guess let everybody know that I had Iron Man at six and Wu Tang Forever at five. I'm switching that for Iron Man at five and Wu Tang Forever at six. And I think you said you were switching around uh old Dirty Bastards dirty version. Where where were you putting that? You were putting that ahead of only built for Cuban Links two or Wu Tang yeah, yeah, Forever. Yeah. No, yeah, okay. gotta bump that up above the purple okay. tape too. Okay, yeah, we gotta cool. bump that up. So yeah. yeah, and you know what? I I'm standing firm on my Supreme Clientele pick over Liquid Swords, but I get it. No, we're gonna have to do a Liquid Swords Supreme Clientele post. That's the yeah, post that needs to happen. We, we are, yeah. man. Because again, I didn't come totally prepared for that specific debate, but you tried to warn me. I didn't know you were gonna have ten songs. No, no, no. I told you yesterday that you need to get ready. You but did. I'll tell you what, too, Mike. And here's how high some other people, even outside of me, think of Liquid Swords. I know some heads that prefer Liquid Swords over the Purple Tape because oh, yeah. they feel like the Purple Tape is too skit heavy, and Liquid Swords is the real unadulterated hip hop that you get out of Wu Tang from the solo albums. Well, you know what? I'm gonna listen to our top five today. So, all right. Well, um, not sure what's coming out Friday, but you know we should be back on Friday to talk about something. So. Uh, had some great shows the past couple of days. And, man, this was a great conversation. Wu-Tang yeah. Wednesday, and we are out. Wu-Tang.